Good morning um, and welcome to all those attending um, the Oxford District Council planning meeting. Um, apologies for our late start. Um, we had some housekeeping to do this morning. Um, I'll start by running through how I intend to run today's committee. As you know, we're not in the council chamber, but may I ask that you either all turn off your mobile phones or at least put them onto silent. Just check I've done that myself. Thank you. Virtual meetings are now not quite a new experience for many of us, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it is important we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, shortly I will ask our Democratic Services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take our register so that those listening will know who is present today. As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should not prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you would call the register, please. Thank you, Chair. Please indicate you're present when I call your name. Councillor Bagnall. Present. Councillor Caton. Present. Councillor Fairhurst. Present. Councillor LeCount. Present. Councillor Lemon. Present. Councillor Lachlan. Present. Councillor Merrifield. Present. Councillor Pavitt. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Stora. Present. Councillor Sutton. Present. And I have apologies from Councillor Freeman, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also, for the benefit of those listening, the officers we have with us today are from planning, Mr. Nigel Brown, the development manager, and two of uh, some of his team, Mr. Clive Theobald. Is Chris, Mr. Chris Tyler with us today? No, I, don't, I think he said he wasn't with us today, didn't you? Um, and Ms. Alicia, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten her surname. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, thank you very much. Yeah. Mr. Sorry, can I just also clarify, obviously this committee is in two hearts, I don't know if you're going to mention that, and so, so that's why Clive's not with us this morning, because he's, he's in the afternoon session. Thank you very much, I was thinking we were in the after, just having a half, half day, yes, this, today this meeting will take place in two sessions, the morning one and then the afternoon. Um, we also have Mr Chris Gibson, as I already said, from Democratic Services and our legal officer, Ms Elizabeth Smith. As with all planning committees, our our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today and have recommended whether each particular application should either be approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and make the final decision. Today we have, I think we have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight applications. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens, outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from other speakers or the officer's report. Once we have gone through this, 
I will then open up the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application with the proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the Vice Chair, Council Lemon, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of your screen. This will indicate that you wish to speak to myself and Council Lemon, the Vice Chair. I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give your apologies to leave the meeting part, part of the way through or on your return. Before we go to the first application, we will take, we've had the apologies for absence, so we will take any declarations of interest today. Um, okay, I see Councillor Fairhurst hand up. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, just simply to say, I'm a member of the Saffron Walden Town Council. There's no Saffron Walden uh, um, item on the agenda, but I'd rather just keep it that way. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Any other declarations of interest today? No, it doesn't appear to be yeah. so. Well, I had my hand up, Sandy. Oh, sorry, sorry, Councillor Reeve. Oh, yes, you did. I do apologise, Councillor Reeve. I didn't scan it to the right enough. Sorry. No, apologies for that. Uh, just to say, I'm a, a volunteer at the Gardens of Eastern Lodge for agenda items eight and nine. Okay, thank you very much. Non pecuniary interest. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve, for that. Apologies for missing you. Um, right, so next item on no, but no other, no, no other uh, declarations of interest. Sorry, sorry, Sandy, can I just, sorry, because I, I can't put my hand up because I'm a co host. Yeah, all right, sorry. <laughs> uh, so just, just to clarify for people that, because it'd be a long wait for nothing to happen, just to clear that agenda item seven which is land southeast of Great Hallenbury Manor, Bedler's Great Road, Green Tobin Lane, Great Hallenbury. Um, I have removed that from the agenda. Uh, there is there is an issue that, so I've actually pulled that from the agenda, so that matter will not be discussed today. Um, just in case people are listening and then they get to R3 or whenever it is, and it won't, won't be discussed. Thank you very much, Nigel. Thank you very much for um, So, the next item on the agenda is to agree the minutes of the previous committee. Are there any points or any um, anything anybody would like to raise? Or are we all content with the minutes of the previous meeting? I'm seeing thumbs up and- I propose accepting. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. That's fine. I will, I will, gosh, I'll have a lot of things to sign when I eventually come up to the council offices, won't I, Chris? Um, so, yes. Um, Unusually so today, we have another set of minutes to agree, and those are of the extraordinary planning committee of the 29th of January um, for the Stansted planning application. And I will open this up and ask our, or ask, ask, is the planning committee content with these are are there any comments sorry i'm just bringing them up on my screen as i as i speak is there any comments or are there any comments that members would like to make i just lost so councillor bagnell 
There's just two points I want to make. So I was I was focused on the detail, and I I, I missed in my feedback the very obvious point that there doesn't seem to be a reference to the fact that there was no audio recording at the time. So therefore, we can't wholly rely on the accuracy of the minutes because there's no way of verifying. So I hadn't fed that back because uh, I was looking at the detail. So that's point number one, and I have checked. I can't see any mention of the word no audio recorded. Um, and the second point is um, regarding the, the appeal. Um, so if if we have a QC, I believe we will be meeting with a QC who's going to take us through stuff. It would seem eminently sensible to me that even if we agreed these in principle, they must be subject to the QC having looked at them, and I think it's probably been confirmed that he hasn't yet looked at them. He suggested what they should look like, but he hasn't actually looked at the minutes, so it seems sensible to me that we we would only agree them in principle, subject to any amendments that he may feel necessary, because we wouldn't want to um, diminish our chances of, uh, at the appeal hearing. If I may, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Mr. Coppell has seen them last week. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I got the impression from your view. His comment was they should be minimal, and that suggested to me that he hadn't actually seen them. He just felt that they should be minimal. So are you confirming that he's read the minutes? Yes, he has. He's, he had a copy of them prior to my discussion with him last week. I, th I think I probably need to be a bit more precise. Do we have we had confirmation that he's actually read them and he's satisfied with them because he has to lead the appeal? Mr. Coppel was satisfied that these minutes be accepted as being a true record. I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding this. Sorry, Chair. Um, I just want a simple confirmation that the QC is actually read the minutes, he's confirmed that he's read the minutes. Are we getting that? Oh, I, won't, I won't lay to the point. I've made the point anyway. Okay. Thank you, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, we have a number of options here today with regard to these minutes. Um, the first is, of course, that we're all totally comfortable with them as being accurate and adequate reflection of that meeting. Um, I stress we're not here to read, discuss the substance of the meeting, just to make sure that it's an adequate and accurate record. Um, the second, of course, is that we can say that it's not an adequate and accurate record, and that seems to be um, not terribly productive. Um, having been through the minutes and having submitted comments, which is not a conventional way of achieving a recording, we have to recognize that the tragedy of not having an adequate recording and therefore a transcript to go by, we are, looked, we are faced with a prospect of looking back seven months and trying to recall these salient words and issues to encapsulate in this document rather than a full diatribe. Um, I've found a number of major issues which I take exception to, which I feel are not an adequate or accurate representation of the meeting. And I'm concerned that these meetings do become an important part of the record of the, of the meeting. 
Um, and I feel that the time allocated to this in this meeting, where we have now seven other matters to handle in a full day's meeting, is not sufficient for us to do a complete post-mortem and try and identify this flow and sequence and all the details. So I would be minded to, I know you'd want to make proposals yet, so I'm not going to propose, but I'd be minded to suggest that we postpone this at least to get it done. I, at the time we discovered there was no record, I said, let's get to this as soon as possible while it's fresh in our minds. We haven't done that, and that's, that's the history. But we are in a situation now where I believe with an appeal, we need to be absolutely careful what we agree to as a final and only document or record of the process. So um, on that basis, I'd be minded to suggest we postpone. I'm sorry, but that's where I am. Thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Reeve. Thank you. Um, I've been listening very carefully to, the, this, to, um, uh, to what's been said uh, so far and I'm um, conflicted. Um, uh, we're being told that um, we've been waiting a lot of time for comments. I made my comments on the 7th of June and the points which I thought were important haven't don't appear to have been uh, considered. Uh, I remade those on the 7th of August, two months later, uh, for the ones that hadn't been uh, picked up. I regret I was four hours late with that. I checked with uh, uh, Democratic Services, Ben, ben that uh, I was working on it and, and that they were on the way. But when they were submitted four hours after the deadline, uh, I received a message that they were too late and couldn't be considered. Um, so I'm conflicted with that and I apologize. Mayor Culper, uh, during that week, there was um, a, uh, uh, we, we had four working days to go through that. And during that week, there were several council meetings that I had to attend and other uh, business that I had to do. And so I was late and I apologize for that. That was now 10 days ago. The comments I made, I don't believe have been uh, looked at. Uh, I do think though, that there are a number of salient points in that. And so, um, and I submitted those again late last night uh, after another very busy week of, uh, of, of council meetings. So um, I'm conflicted. I don't know what to do. I think that there are points in, in my comments that are less important. And so I'm not too bothered about those. They're just for completeness and uh, ease and whatever uh, in the minutes. I'm not too worried about those, but there are one or two key points. Um, uh, so there we are. I'll have trouble if, if this just comes to a straight vote to say, yes, I'm afraid. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I, I didn't know this was going to happen. I thought we were just going to go to the vote because I thought that we had said what we were going to say. So uh, as everybody else is, I, I will say my bit. Um, I cannot endorse these meeting, these minutes because uh, I honestly cannot say that I remember what everybody else said. The recording did not work. Um, and uh, I, I really don't feel that I can say that the minutes are accurate. Uh, and I was going to abstain for that reason. Um, but what, um, I do want to ask one question, and I, and I could be wrong, but I, I think at the meeting that the QC actually left and uh, his uh, junior stayed behind. So um, I'm not sure if Mr. Cockrell uh, heard everything. Um, I might be wrong, but um, I just wanted to make that point because I remember saying it at the time. So, um, you know, 
I'm a little bit concerned about everything to do with these minutes, and I, and I couldn't put my hand on my heart and say that I agree with them. I can't. I'm sorry. No, if I may, Madam Chair. Thank I, you very much. Yes, it was right. I can confirm that Mr. Koppel was there throughout. If you recall, he retired at the end of the meeting after the vote to assist in uh, drafting the reasons. I took him back to the station afterwards. It was his uh, pupil who left at lunchtime. She had a previous engagement in London. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lockwood. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Smith. Um, Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think one thing we all have to ha hold our hands up on this is that we have had a long time to think about these. Human nature being what it is, it tends to go on the back burner you know, to, to be revisited when the 11th hour comes. We've now passed the 11th hour. question I would have is, uh, is it absolute? Do we have to make a decision today or could we make a decision next week? I mean, if, if, if sufficient number of members here are unhappy in some way or form now that this has come to, the head, to a head, do we have any time at all to get together and have a look at I mean, I'm asking first, I've got one or two concerns. One, one is consistency. And, that, and, and to some extent, I've, I've allowed myself to be led on the basis that those better skilled at producing minutes have been working on this than I. But there are inconsistencies because under each of the topic headings, some of them say, for example, the committee considered this to be a change in circumstances. And then others don't come to any conclusion. For example, it's followed by a number of flights. Um, did the, my, my understanding was the committee did feel that there was a change of circumstance because the committee now understood that there would be more flights. You know, so where is the consistency in what we came to a conclusion on? Um, there isn't, it isn't there. Um, there's also a question of relative emphasis. Under, for example, number of flights, um, it states something that I made a comment on. It said the cap on passenger numbers is not synchronized with the cap on number of flights. One is always higher, higher than the other, uh, leading to a need for an increase the other. And I specifically said, this appears to be a deliberate mechanism for one to justify an increase in the other. Now, why isn't that stated there? Because nobody recalled it. Um, I'll hold my hand up. I should have come in earlier and, and, and submitted that as an amendment, which I haven't done. But I'm just illustrating here some, some you know, discontent on my part and my wanting to understand whether we are absolutely backs against the wall. We have to approve them today. Or do we have a period of grace? Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Um, it is my understanding that we are supposed, to, we need to do these today. Um, so... Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I, I agree with Councillor Fairhurst and everything that he's said, but I'm also concerned that um, Councillor Reeves feels that some of his comments haven't been looked at. And, and for those reasons, I think we, sh we should have another meeting about this. Thank you, Councillor Lemon. Councillor Sutton. Sorry, I just wanted to say I feel we might do more damage to approve these meet these minutes um, and, and sign them off and then actually give ourselves a bit more time. 
Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. I think we ought to consider the situation and how we've got there. At the time, there were people or an individual taking minutes of the meeting in the expectation rather than the hope that it was all being recorded and it wasn't. The implications of that I suspect are that the minutes taken weren't as comprehensive as they would have otherwise been and hence now we find ourselves in this situation where there is no recording which should be used as a double check and to enhance it and clarify exactly what was said. So I say it again, I haven't said it since last night, we are where we are with this. What are we going to do? How can we change it? We have had months in which to sort out these minutes, and yet here we are with um, members, for whatever reason, not having had their comments either submitted or incorporated into the minutes. Now, the question for me is, how urgent is it um, that these be agreed today. If it is, then I could say, well, we've had long enough. What on earth have we been doing? But if it's not absolutely essential, then get, let's get it sorted straight away. No further reasons. We do it. We'll just get it done and submitted ASAP. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Fairhurst and Councillor Lachlan, have you still got your hand up? Or do you wish to speak again? You want to speak again? Okay. Councillor Fairhurst. Yeah. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as one who submitted, as you know, my documents fairly promptly and urged urgency in, in coming to these minutes, um, I feel that there is an urgency. Of course there is. We owe this to the public and, 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 and to, the, to the record. Um, as I understand it, the, the statement of, of, of common ground, and, and, and in fact, the opening statement requires on the 15th of September, that does give us um, a handful of weeks in which to achieve this process. I think it is eminently possible that we could, given some urgency, arrive at a better com a content than we have at the moment. And I therefore propose that we postpone this, but that we get to an urgent timetable um, in the next week or so in which we can come together and discuss it. My, my comments also were mostly ignored if, for the record. Um, so I'm proposing that if you don't mind. Sorry, if, as we have a proposal, can I just say something? Sorry, Chair. So yeah, I have to I'm, going to, I'm going to say something as well in a minute. Yes, thank you. Go I on, think members, members need to, to weigh up the risks here. There is little risk in terms of agreeing these minutes. Uh, council, who we are in a unique situation here. You, quite often you have a peer where a council comes in after the fact. He was sitting there as long as we were sitting there. He was there and he was aware of it and he, was, and he, he is content. And the, and the answer to Councillor Bagnall's earlier question that Elizabeth gave was a very resounding yes. He is content with the minutes. They do, they do carry out. Now that is good advice. Now the, the risk of you not having your individual comments is not a verbatim record of the report. They never are. They never are a verbatim record of the meeting. And the fact we have, we have the opportunity to have read recordings, this very meeting is being recorded, means that that is an added bonus. But for the benefit of the minutes, they are, they are appropriate record of meetings, but members also need to weigh up the risk of not having minutes agreed. And if we are agree, if we are advised that the meeting, the, the minutes are a, an appropriate record of the of the meeting, and we and we do not, we have abused the system already by not agreeing the minutes thus far. 
we are now, I'm not going to open up the appeal debate. We are being wholly unreasonable as a council for not agreeing these minutes at this stage. Um, you know, we have an appeal situation and we are advised that the, the minutes are more than adequate in terms of carrying out what the record of it. Members don't need to worry about if there's anything individual they said that's not recorded. It's the, it's the direction of travel of the debate, which is possibly, prob is absolutely perfectly reflected in the minutes. You don't have to worry about every verbatim comment, but members need to have the risk. So to pick up Councillor, Councillor um, Pavitt's point, it is absolutely critical we're already being unreasonable at this stage by not agreeing these minutes and to, to, to kick it along the path for a further thing during that period of the 15th. It is not a case of we need to get these this disagreed by the 15th. We need to get these agreed before, I think it was before the end of March would, would technically when we need to get these agreed. So I think members need, we are a very, very dangerous situation of unreasonable behaviour here by not agreeing the minutes. All right, Janice, um, Councillor Lachlan, sorry, I'll just come in before you, if I may. Um, uh, Oh, right. Am I on? Oh, yeah. Well, that's very kind of you, Nigel. Thank you very much. But actually, it is this committee that has to be satisfied. And it doesn't seem to me as though we are. Uh, and uh, I'm also very conscious that the airport could actually be listening to this uh, recording now and saying they don't know what they're doing. They can't get their act together because they obviously don't know if, if the meetings are accurate, if the minutes are accurate or not. So it really is up to this committee to decide what they want to do. Nobody else, because we are the ones that made the decision. And we're the ones that have to carry uh, the cost for that, if you like, uh, or, or any um, you know, outcome to it. So I think that this committee, not officers, need to be satisfied that what we're doing is correct. And if we're not, then we shouldn't be rushed. That is my opinion. It may be wrong. Um, I, you know, I will abstain because I do not believe but I, as I said, I can remember everything everybody else uh, said, and I challenge anybody else here to have that kind of memory. They would be Darren Brown if they could. Uh, so I'm, you know, that is my stand, and I and I'm going to stick with that. I will not endorse these minutes. Thank you very much, Councillor Lockham. If I may say um, something, um, these minutes were supposed to come to the March Planning Committee. Um, I was in discussion, if you remember, we were in discussion about them not coming to the March Planning Committee. Um, then we had also a thing called COVID come in. We didn't have the March Planning Committee. That is when we started, I started the process of asking, and I have a trail of emails about asking for things and asking to have a meeting a separate meeting. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not pointing any fingers anywhere. However, there was a trail. So um, we are where we are, using Councillor Storer's um, phrase, and Councillor Lemon. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think we should have had a special meeting. We haven't, so we can't go. But we can't look back on that. But uh, we have a proposition from Council Fairhurst, and I'd like to second that proposition. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. And Councillor Pavel, have you still got your hand up, just by mistake? Okay, thank you very much. So we have um, a proposal, I suppose, to defer, really, um, proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, 
Seconded by Councillor Lemon. All those in favour of deferring the acceptance of these minutes? Elizabeth, could you? Not now, Councillor Eve. We'll take a we'll take a vote on this. Thank you, Elizabeth. If you could please. Thank you, Madam Chair. Those in favour of deferral, please reply when I call your name. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Councillor Caton? Abstaining as I wasn't present at the meeting. Councillor Fairhurst? For the proposal. Councillor LeCount? Against. Councillor Lemon? Councillor Lemon? Yeah, sorry, four. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan? Four. Councillor Merrifield? Against. Councillor Pavitt? Against. Thank you. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Stora? Against. Councillor Sutton? Four. That's six in favour of deferral and four against. Okay, let's move on. Agenda item three, UTT 2574, full application, land south of Stortford Road, Great Dunmore. And I believe it's you, Nigel. No, just let the public speakers in first. Okay. Um. Councillor Reeve, you need to take your hand down. Obviously, a little lag on the recording, on the broadcast. Right, thank you, Chairman. Um, thank you. Uh, this is an app, uh, excuse me, my, my PowerPoint's probably not in the order that I would have done it in. So, uh, so I ask why you're going to be some backwards and forwards on this one. Uh, the application is, um, this is an example of a, a, a plan-led process. This is a site that's allocated within the neighbourhood plan, Great Dunmo's neighbourhood plan. And, um, and uh, we, we have had a pre-briefing on this particular issue in terms of its situation within it. It fulfills exactly, and if this is the location plan of the site, um, whereby we have um, the whole of this area is the combination of the policy within the neighbourhood plan. Um, the application in front of you is a hybrid application, it's, uh, which is a very unusual one, but it, it does happen, especially on very large applications. Um, Sorry, Councillor Lavelle's got his hand up. So, is he just testing the system? No, I'm very sorry. There is a strong echo, which I believe is related to the recording. But 
your words are being repeated about uh, 10 seconds after you speak then. Right, it might be that Chris maybe listens to the recording, so maybe best if Chris turns himself, is Chris muted? Or is someone else listening to it? Or if everyone muted, Adrian is recording and listening to the audio. And he's muted, so... So, yeah, it may be good if everyone, yeah, so hopefully no one else is, because I'm not listening to recording, so as long as the people that are unmuted aren't listening to the recording, there shouldn't be an echo. It's, it's not doing it now, is I'm it? waiting for my echo now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so the site, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it can happen on very large applications. You have a hybrid application, which is partially outline and partially full application. Um, the outline element is for the provision of, and again, I'll need to unfortunately flip forward to another one here. Uh, the provision of this, that's the one I wanted. So therefore, the outline application provides um, land in the blue land here for the, um, for the provision of, of land for the school. It specifically says within the, within the neighbourhood plan policy that um, we should have a, a land secured for the relocation of the Helen Romana school. This does actually more than that because it actually does provide also the Helen Romana school and a primary school. So it's actually providing land for the for, for the for a through school in this location. Um, the primary school issue is, is is much more urgent, and so therefore that is so that land has been secured there. Um, with the blue land here for public for um, playing fields for the new schools, and uh, and uh, that is in, needs to be read in combination with the uh, the provision of um, sport and recreation on the land to the north of Stortford Road, which, which is headed by Barrett and, and um, Bailway, which is coming through the process as well. And so therefore there is, there is a considerable amount of uh, public open space, um, public recreation land being provided both as part of the school, as well as a contribution. And members will see within the 106 package, there was a contribution towards um, swimming pool, which is the, the top need within the town for a second swimming pool within it. It doesn't provide it. and proposal of 400 houses wouldn't provide it, but it provides a substantial contribution towards it, as well as towards indoor bowls and an all-weather pitch on, this, on, on, on other sites as well. The land also provides land for, which is allocated here in pink, uh, for the health centre for the provision of land. Um, currently, um, if you talk to the, the current health operators within the town, there, are, there probably isn't a stomach for a relocation, but it has to future-proof the needs as the situation, um, um, the situation regarding health provision within towns and in, in, in terms of um, surgeries has to be led by the surgeries and the practices themselves. And so therefore we, we, we're, we are convinced at, at a future date, there will be a requirement for a new health facility and that will be the location there. The proposal also includes, it's a basically a fifth arm off the roundabout, off the Woodside Way roundabout here, to put it in context, this is Stortford Road going around in this location here. We have going back, this is Tesco's here. We're going around the second roundabout and round Woodside Way there. And then we have a full farm, which actually fall, fall goes into Folly Farm, which has a residential development of six dwellings in there. And so that's why highways have requested that this red land here be. The land at the, at, at the pro site is appropriately acceptable in terms of highway grounds. But what highways want to do, if there is an opportunity in the future to... Um, rationalize the arms to the roundabout because the arms to the roundabout if you reduce them that can only make life better they want to retain land in that location there so that's that's future proof that proposal the proposal also proposes for some um, access requirements in terms of uh, footpath links 
along Stortford Road to the entrance of the school. I think we've got another one here which actually shows where the school would be. Um, uh, hopefully I've got that one. No, I haven't, but there near the school. The, it is likely that the, sorry, I'm clicking about here. Um, that's it. It is likely that the school, the pedestrian access to the school, which is also going through the process for the county council at the moment will be in this location here. So what will happen is we have a pedestrian link along that road to the actual, um, to the actual pedestrian access to the school here. I think the, 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 the vehicle access is likely to be in this location here. Um, we also have crossings across Stortford Road because at the moment the, the direction, the desire line from this particular site is into the town that way or into Tesco. So there is a, uh, there are crossings, there are crossings proposed along Stortford Road to go across into that area there. And there's also the, the feasibility of a, of a third crossing in this location. Uh, the Town Council have requested some sort of desire line in terms of that issue across to that particular proposal there and it's back into the town there. Highways at the moment uh, are a little bit anxious about that because currently there is, you know, the, the speed of the road and the the need to cross that road, I think in the future is likely to be much more in terms of once this development, certainly in terms of the um, the rest of the, the site, which is master plan comes forward, there's more likely to be a, a origin site where people are living who want to go across there. At the moment, that's not necessarily there. And so what, as part of the proposal, is a condition which will secure the feasibility of an access across to there. That could be anything from a full-blown crossing to just um, clearing the shrubs either way with a, with a, with a um, refuge in the middle. We're not ruling out anything, but at the moment it is, it is probably the wrong, it's probably too early, but it is covered by feasibility condition for that to be covered out. And everyone is, everyone is satisfied with that moving forward. Looking back on the outline part of the proposal, we have uh, neighbourhood um, equipped areas of play, NEEPs and LEAPs and LAPs and strategic uh, landscaping in this location here. And this is the site where we currently have the full element, which is the 108. So we have 332 houses on the bulk of the site here and 108 houses on this particular site. Again, that's in line with the neighbourhood plan, which says at least 400. So we're looking at 440 in this location. Um, and then in the layout proposal, well, actually, um, there it is. That's the layout of the proposal. It's 108 houses. Um, the the, the bulk of the proposals have in excess, in excess of the required garden sizes as, as stipulated within the neighbourhood plan. Uh, the red ones show clusters, so the clusters are, are, are within the 10, so we haven't got over clustering, and, and the, so the affordable housing is, is appropriately mixed within the development intended designed. In terms of design of the dwellings, um, in response to the Town Council's comments to pick up, and this is a struggle that we're having with, with other developers, but not this developer, in the, in, the, in the town is to actually bring forward designs which are Dumbo-centric rather than just normal um, house volume house sales. And that is where um, there has been a, a, there is an increased amount of um, render amongst the houses, which is very Dumbo-orientated in terms of Dumbo vernacular in terms of how it sits, as well as the inclusion of Pargetin details. And that Pargetin details is covered as part of the condition. So it's, it is absolutely paramount that we have uh, Pargetin sort of um, sort of running through the whole of the site rather than just on key dwellings. And so therefore that's, that's part of the proposal. The other thing that is, that is also mentioned is the issue about the Flitch Way. Um, um, and I think if, you, if you're not 
from that end of the district, the, 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 the which way, a lot of these requirements look like they're very, very small gives, but they're very significant gives. I mean, obviously trying to resurrect the missing links of the Flitchway and to bring forward what it, what it actually does achieve within for the town. Um, much of it damaged because of, the, because of the bringing of the A120. So there is quite a lot of additional stuff. All this is either within the land, within the land ownership of the, of the applicant, applicants, or within the act, uh, ownership of the highway. So it can all be provided by way of, of conditions. We have, um, and just to put it in, put it in a raw context, we have an upgrade of the footpath AB here. We have a bridleway creation between B and C. Uh, we have an upgrade of the footpath between uh, C and D. Um, yeah, there we are. And then we have uh, a bridleway creation between D and E, and also the upgrade of the footpath there. There has been quite a lot of issues regarding bridleway access for cycles, access for horses in that area because of the, of the flitchway and the significance of flitchway of, of the linkages back into the town. And so there was originally, I'll be absolutely honest, there will be, there was originally some, um, some lack of give in terms of the applicant, but the applicant has moved very, very clearly in terms of being very positive in terms of doing that. And so, so therefore that is all provided and all appropriately um, achieved. Um, the application is in fully in compliance with the development plan, i.e. the neighbourhood plan in this location. And this is a, a good opportunity of a plan-led system and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Uh, we have, well, we actually only have two, two speakers, but we have three gentlemen who are available for any questions. So I'll read their names out first. We have Mr. Patrick Mosley, and Mr. Ian Mitchell, and uh, Mr. James Griffiths. Two of them are from Keir Living, and the other one's from SBS, who are not intending to speak, but are available for questions. And our first speaker is Councillor Patrick Lavelle from Dunmore Town Council. Thank you. So this is Patrick Lavelle and I'm here representing the Dunmow Town Council. Oh, we've got that feedback. Excuse me, Pat, Councillor. Who are not interested but are available for questions. And our first speaker is Councillor Patrick Lavelle. I feel like hearing myself. Please don't do that to me. I think the problem we have, I think maybe maybe Councillor Lavelle has got the feedback in terms of is he lit, you know, no, uh, uh, no, we've had the feedback all the time, unfortunately, Nigel. Um, I've had the feedback all the time. I've just been screening it out mentally. But there, is a, there is a problem with the system. All right, sorry. Yeah. If, it helps, if it helps, Councillor Lavelle, you yourself do have a terrible reverberation. No, uh, uh, no we've had the feedback all the time, unfortunately. I think it's a is it delay on the, the, the broadcast, I think? There is a problem. Yeah, this is, and it's a, it's a serious delay, isn't it? Are you, can, me, are you actually broadcasting it as well? Are you listening to the broadcast? No, no, I just, I, I'm just listening to, to this. I will double check that I am not, that, that I haven't inadvertently got the broadcast. Yeah, if you and Mr. Brown go on mute while Mr. Lavelle speaks, that might help. Yeah. 
Sorry if there was a problem. every other application on my computer and only now have zoom operating on the on the laptop okay can i su suggest what i will do is if you take the other speaker first i will log off and, and come back on and see if that helps if that is acceptable to you Sorry, I just need to check with the, the with Edward that he is okay with going first. Yes, thank you. Is that okay? Can I pop down and, and ask if there's any problem in the chamber, which is where Adrian is? Yes, if you wouldn't mind. No, Adrian's on. There is no problem. As soon as Patrick left, oh. all of yeah. the repeating stopped. So I, I'm right. afraid it's a problem at Patrick's end. Um, okay. But no, the, I I, I've got the broadcast deal. running and it's running on an iPad and on my phone, and there is no problem, it's broadcasting fine. Just Thank you very much. Before Edward starts, Chairman, I mean, obviously, usually with the usual processes, the applicant has the, the last word. So I think, although I'm not going to predict what Councillor Lovell is going to do, but I think he's generally supportive of the application. And so I, I think we, we can, we, can we reserve the judgment that once Councillor Lovell sorts himself out, sorts his feed out, if there is an opportunity for Edward to come back afterwards, if there's any particular issues he needs to address, Absolutely. I think that, I don't mean there will be. No, but I think you know, but I think that just that's be fair to the applicant in this case. No, absolutely. No, that's that's perfectly okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, good morning, Mr. Ledwidge. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thanks. Shall I proceed? Thank you. Please do. Yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Edward Ledwidge. I'm a partner at Montague Evans, uh, representing the applicants SBS and Care Living. I've been involved in promoting the site for housing-led development since 2000, and I'm very pleased to address you this morning in respect of this application that proposes 440 new homes, delivery of land for education and healthcare infrastructure, and provision of many other benefits for Great Dunmo. As you are aware, the site is allocated for the pro proposed development in the Great Dumbo Neighbourhood Plan. We have worked closely with the Town Council, your planning officers, Essex County Council as Highway and uh, Educational Authority, uh, Highway England, Sport England, the Friends of Flitchway, and multiple other consultees to formulate comprehensive proposals for the site. A collaboration agreement between SBS and Kia was established some time ago to ensure that the development of this land can be brought forward in a coordinated and comprehensive fashion without any bars to the delivery of the various components. It is intended that the scheme will be delivered in two phases. Phase one comprised Keir Living's detailed proposals for land at Stags Farm, which will deliver 108 units in the form of housing and flats accessed by the Eastern Roundabout. 
40% of these dwellings on this phase will be affordable. There will be associated open space, play facilities, improvements to access, and improvements to the flitchway. It is envisaged that development will commence in late 2021, uh, uh, further to completion of legal documentation and the discharge of the relevant planning conditions. Phase two comprises land owned by SBS, for which outline permission is sought for 332 dwellings and the use of land for healthcare facility, all access via the Western Roundabout. This phase will also deliver 40% affordable housing, access and flitchway improvements, and all to be delivered whilst duly respecting the setting of the listed fully farm complex. Under the collaboration agreement, the two phases have been subject to master planning uh, to ensure that they can be connected by an internal spine road and follow the same urban design principles and incorporate an consistent approach to the future relationship of the development with the flitchway. Crucially, the application proposes include 14 hectares of land to be reserved for education purposes via the Section 106 agreement. This land falls within SBS's ownership, but further to close collaboration with CARE is to be available for education development in connection with Phase 1, if that progresses ahead of Phase 2, as anticipated. The healthcare land also falls within SBS control and will be made available for development as part of Phase 2 in accordance with neighbourhood plan allocation. Whilst the medical centre envisages that the plan making stage is not an immediate requirement, the land is to be reserved for that purpose within the Section 106, should the position change in the future as the town grows. The proposal would deliver a number of other benefits. In summary, these are a mix of housing types and tenures to meet identified need, incorporation of open space and play facilities, improvements to the flitchway, including surfacing, drainage improvements, and formation of new bridleways for public use. Improvements to crossing facilities on Stortford Road, contributions to enhance the bus service, improvements to local sports provision, including playing pitches, swimming pool, bowls facilities, and all-weather football facilities. The officer's report explains that following detailed consultation and negotiation over the last two years, the scheme is considered to be acceptable with all issues raised during the application determination process having been satisfactorily resolved. Our combined efforts have culminated in the clear recommendation from officers to the planning committee to grant permission subject to completion of the section 106 that would deliver, deliver the numerous benefits. We therefore respectfully request that members support this recommendation. Thank you for the opportunity to address you this morning, and I confirm that I'm accompanied by both SBS and Keir, should you have any specific questions you'd like to ask. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Ledwidge. Councillor Lavelle, welcome Thank you. back. Thank you. This appears to be a lot better, so I hope you can hear me reasonably clearly now. And oh, I'm speaking clearly. here on behalf of the Dunmo Town Council, and would like to say that the Town Council has kept in regular contact with the developer, with UDC Planning Department and with Essex County Council Highways. And all the parties have worked together to achieve a development that does give to Dunmo um, many of the things that it needs for the future. The design and layout of this development will be in keeping with the local character. It will provide open spaces uh, and good foot and cycle paths to serve the new residents and will be well connected with the rest of the town, which is a very important element for the council. 
The Town Council is grateful for the working relationships maintained throughout the planning stage and with the resulting infrastructure and financial contributions proposed. At the request of the Town Council, the developer has partially reduced the height of an apartment block in phase one and rerouted the footpath uh, to allow increased screening from the flitchway uh, and access points. The improvements to the flitchway itself are also welcomed. We have a request that due to ch uh, changes in the timescale for the delivery of the adjoining secondary and primary school, we would request that, that as a planning committee, you would put in place a condition prior to the occupation of the first home for footpath and cycle path access to connect phase one of the development directly to the new schools and for this access preferably to be at a reasonable distance away from the busy Stortford Road. But the Town Council is very pleased with this development. We support the development and we are very grateful for the cooperation that, that has been shown um, in coming to this point. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lavelle. Um, I don't think there's, I, Mr. Ledwidge, was there anything you'd like to make a comment? Anything? I don't think there was anything there, but as we said, uh, if there's anything you want, we'd want to say to that. Thank you. Uh, no, nothing further to add. We have responded to, to Nigel just on that, the point of, of access, which I'm sure he will talk to. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, right. So since we have no more speakers, I will please up to the committee. Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Just, just a quickie. It, it's heartening to hear it going the right way. The parish council is working with the developer that is working with the co-sponsors and everybody is getting what they need, their pound of flesh, and this is exactly the way it should work. And, it's, and maybe this one will be the shortest item on the agenda today. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yes, I endorse that. Uh, um, in all my many thousands of years on the committee, I'm yet to, I don't remember one of, of this scale being so collaboratively created. I do have a couple of questions. Um, it was mentioned both by, by Laurel and, and, and also in the document, the Flitchway um, agreements and the conditions. Um, and the two big 106 is the 14 hectares made available for education and the medical centers. And my concern here may not be a concern at all, is how are these secured? Because also in my experience, once a 106 allocation has been made, if it's not taken up and used for those purposes, it falls back into something else. Are these being allocated for, for their different things, so medical center and education, or are they actually being reserved and secured for a later date for when these things can be used? Or do we have a time limit? Can I just ask of the officers how this is being secured for the future? First of all, regarding the education land, the land's being transferred to the county council. Um, I mean, because of the, I mean, it, 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 most of the land has been transferred to the, to the, the rest of it has been reserved. And the, so the land is being transferred and that's part of the, part of the agreement as part of the section 106. The health centre is not being transferred. The health centre is, is being retained for health purposes because the purposes as I said before, this is the problem with the health centre. There is not, it's not a public body that will be picking up the health centre will be the individual practices 
um, that will be doing it. So it is secured for that purpose and that purpose alone. And so, so that's all we can do at this stage. And through no fault of the developer, it's the health politics within Dunmo means at the moment, at this very moment in time, it, it, things have gone cold in terms of the need for a health centre, but I can guarantee and maybe what we provided within another neighbourhood plan provide a lead scheme in Felsted. Um, the provision of a surgery there has taken some sting out of the requirements within Dunmo for the future. But I can guarantee in the future, especially once we get all these new houses coming forward, there will be a requirement for a health centre. So all we can do at the moment is secure that land for health facilities for it to be brought forward at a later date. Um, and that's all we can do at this stage. Uh, because at the moment, the cease, the the the, um, the health commissioning, see, I always get it wrong, CCT, I've actually said they don't want it at this very moment in time, now, which I think is very short-sighted. Unfortunately, that organisation works in a very short-term short way. Um, I think if you, if, you have anything, if you have any knowledge of Dumbo, you can guarantee there will be a need of it in the future. So at the moment, CCT don't actually want it, but I can guarantee they will need it. So I think securing it is actually future-proofing it even more than we probably are told to do so by the NHS at the moment. That's a bit of a long-winded question answer, but all we can do at the moment is secure it because there is, unlike the school, where the health centre will pick it up, where the, uh, the education authority will pick it up, that's quite simple, the health authority. And I know we've got a similar situation in Stansted where there is land there for a, for a, for a health centre that hasn't been picked up. That has been complicated because there's another health facility that's already been provided within, within, within Stansted. But the land will be secured for health centre, and that is all that the applicant can do at this stage. And there's no, there's no fallback to it being anything else because it, it has been secured as health and is actually within the neighbourhood plan again, is actually secured for health. So again, this is the, it's slightly more boring to be honest when you get to Canadian Committee, but a development-led development process actually says that's education land, that's health land, this is land. So, so it is protected. So thinking ahead, if someone comes along and says, right, can we put some houses on there? I go, no, it's contrary to the neighbourhood plan. And so, so and that, that is not the intention of the applicant. So I think all we can do at this moment is secure it. But the health land, that will be transferred, the um, education land will be transferred across. Okay, Councillor Fairhurst. Yes? Yes, thank you very much. Um, can, just, just a question on the Flitchway. There was a, a, a sort of a, a very long sort of discussion about Flitchway and apparently it is being conditioned. Uh, are the friends of Flitchway, that that organisation is trying to contend, are they happy with the result? It seems everyone else is happy. Are they also happy with the result? They are happy. They are happy. You'll, you'll see in the committee report, it's quite a robust, yeah. it's a, re a robust outburst, to be honest, because originally they weren't. And I yeah. think in, 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 in the defence of the applicant, I don't think anyone really realises until you get stuck into Dumbo stuff, how important the Flitchway is to the town and that environment. And I think, I think once they realised how important it was, it started. But Flitch, unfortunately, the Friends of Flitchway haven't got round to come back and say no objection, but they have been actively working with the development team to move it forward. And so, yes, they are content. I think if they were, if they were unhappy, they'd be coming back at us. That's my view. That's my view. There have been discussions ongoing between the applicant and, and, and the Friends of Flitchway throughout, and, and everyone's content. Thank you very much, Councillor Fearhurst. Thank you, Nigel. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I think it's really encouraging that the developer is speaking to the um, Town Council, uh, looking at the neighbourhood plan and also speaking with the Friends of the Flitchway. So I think that's to be applauded because so many developers don't do that. So we should, we should applaud the ones that do and encourage more to do the same. 
Um, I do have a couple of questions um, around infrastructure. So obviously there's 440 here and across the road, not very far, there's 750 odd that are due to be completed at some stage. I have concerns about the capacity of the A120. We already know that it's um, over capacity when it gets down to the M11 Junction 8. So I think there needs to be some sort of assessment uh, as a result of these planned developments. I know they're not going to happen overnight, but we need to get Essex Highways looking at that or Highways England looking at that because I fear that uh, we are storing up a problem for the future with the infrastructure. Uh, and when I mention infrastructure, there's also the issue that we raised recently at Council about water. So this is over a thousand houses that will require water. So what what assessment stroke provision has been made to boost that supply? Um, so that's, that's a question at this stage. Uh, and it may be that that's something, Nigel, that we need to take away as a planning authority to understand that and maybe it features part of the new local plan. Uh, so I wanted to mention that. And also, um, just for clarity, on page 47, could you look at condition nine? I can. So I've just heading for the conditions, yeah. Uh, condition nine. So where it says lack of appropriate sports provision, could we, that should be actually financial contribution, should it not? Hang on. Uh, where am I? Page 47. Page 47 of the report. Mm. Could it be the heads of terms rather than... The heads of terms, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'll, I'll wait for Councillor Bagnall to finish, then I can list, and then I can go through his, his comments individually. Uh, so that was the last one, Nigel. It was just to tighten up the wording. I felt that it should mention... Um, the actual financial contribution rather than the sports provision. I think this is the peculiarity of the, the recommendations we always make on 106. You have to recommend the 106 um, and then you also have to do the contrary. That if, if, if they don't, I mean, there's no, there's not going to be an issue here, but if, 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 if the developer refused to enter into section 106, what members are all members are saying we're going to refuse this unless you carry out the 106 proposals so and that's that's the actual recommendation and then right. if they don't complete the 106 then we have to turn everything around because if you look at point um i just sorry if i can shortcut it nigel the only reason i say it is because under points five and six you specifically say financial contribution but you don't use the same term for point nine I'm quite happy to add, because um, they aren't, in this particular proposal, they're not providing, and they are providing contributions. So I'm more than happy to add that bit. I would argue it's not necessary, but I'm, I'm happy to do belt and braces on this one. So if at the end of the day, um, the developer does the unlikely event of reneging, reneging on that particular issue, then we are raised, we're, it's a lack of sports provision, stroke, contribution. It's contribution mainly. So yeah, I think yeah. I'm happy to pick that up, not a problem. I'm picking okay. up your point about picking up part your highways England, um, the highways England issue. They do look at things in a very this is more impact on the A120 and a lesser extent the M11, but it's the A120 in this situation is is primarily highways England. So obviously, County Council look after the, the the road network to make sure it's contributable and working with highways England to make sure that we don't overload the trunk road. And at, right at the end, and unfortunately, it ends up being very black and white. 
they either put in a holding objection or they don't. And if you withdraw the highway objection, and believe me, that has been a, an event in itself moving forward. And that's been part of the delay moving forward in order to, it's quite an achievement to get Highways England to withdraw an objection. But they have suggested conditions. And I think it's condition uh, 51, I think it is. Um, yeah, before any development on planning application commences, a developer should be submitted and approved in writing by the local authority in consultation with Highways England, the following details. And this is required improvements from the A1 56 the scheme for traveling signals, traffic signals shown on the outline drawing, which is, and so that, therefore there's quite a lot of big chunk there. That, it sounds like a quite innocent condition, but I would say the developer went, they knew it was coming, but I think that's quite a, hef, quite a hefty condition for the developer to pick it up. Also picking up that issue, highways issues, and also picking up your water issue. Again, it's development-led process. The neighbourhood plan, in terms of what it was, okay, it was very much mirroring, mirroring the emerging local plan, which is now being withdrawn. And I would suggest the, the Dumbo allocations was probably the least controversial part of the whole of the emerging local plan. And probably we would wish we could pick and choose, and certainly that bit could have been picked up. But both the neighbourhood plan and also that element of the local plan would have done a proper um, issues and options issues in terms of the impact in terms of the water authorities know that there is going to be circa 1,300 houses coming into this end of Dunlow. So therefore their infrastructure will be sorted out. They know it's gonna happen. And that's part of the development plan led process. They know that, that plan proposes this amount of houses in Dunlow and they can make their infrastructure um, investment plans moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. And, sorry, I'm going to wait for the speakers to go through, but I, I, out of courtesy, I'm also going to pick out Councillor Lavelle's point about the point yeah. he's raised on behalf of the Town Council, but I'll, I'll allow the, um, the yeah, other speakers to speak first. I was going to raise that. Thank you, Nigel. Um, Councillor Caton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I mean, like everybody else, I think this is a, a, a very good plan-led development. Uh, and I, all I'm kind of commenting it on in it, or on is the, the, the actual practical uh, end point, because obviously in Stancy we've had similar sized developments and things like the public realm implications, they look nice on the, on the plan when they're developed, but then the future management of those areas do do become a problem. I mean, I assume that the the town council have agreed to take over the public realm uh, aspects of the the site in in the long term. Is that correct? Because there are there are funding issues required and and obviously practical management issues, which uh, I would hope has been have been considered. I'm just checking the yeah, obviously I'm not going to put the count I'm not going to put Councillor Lavelle on the spot here but the 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 aim will always be for the town council to be picking up these these elements and to make it attractive for the town council to pick it up because we all know the parishes and town councils are the best bodies to be picking up these bodies so the most important thing is and that may that will involve contributions towards upkeep of the open space moving forward so yes the answer to your question is the, the direction travel is although councillor lavelle and the parish the town council can't obviously um commit to that the, the priority will be to make sure that the town council picks it up and that will be the, the that will be the priority 
especially when you've got a master plan led approach like this is for the town council to be the appropriate body to pick it up so the answer to that question is is yes we will, we will we, that will be the, the outcome of this of this infrastructure moving forward okay um well i was actually going to propose this but i mean councillor fairhurst you've got your hand up can i sorry i don't want to curtail it or add oh, some extra rain I mean, I, I would just I would just very quickly share my screen because I, I think I can I can show where and um, so you can see that. So the, the, the issue, I mean, I think what well, the concerns well, it's not concerns. It's just it's just trying to wrap this up nicely for the town council is that the, the school is likely to be coming forward a lot earlier. I mean, when this scheme was emerging, it's the emergency issue regarding the primary schools means it's coming forward. Now, the aim will be that there will be a footpath access provided along there. That's obviously what we would want to do as well anyway. But the, the, the issue is, obviously, we have the, the position of temporarily, uh, whilst development is carried out, there has always been a possible access in this location here. For, to, to, to obviously, there are safeguarding issues in terms of the school. It will have to be the temporary access to the school or the permit access. We're not quite sure where we're going to be yet whilst that school production. So the issue is regarding that condition. So I think I would suggest that we do add an additional condition that it says that um, prior to the first occupation of the, of, the, of the, prior to development, the scheme for the temporary access to the school be agreed and it be in place prior to the first occupation. I think that's probably the best bet moving forward. That covers every eventuality. The discussions will continue in the normal way with us, the town council and the education authority. And I'm sure we're going to come out of that. So, so an additional condition on that basis, I'm happy to pick that up um, from Councillor Vale's point on behalf of the, of, the, of the town council. So additional condition to add on that basis. Thank you very much. I'll Mr. share now. <laughs> right, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Just three things. First of all, I would like to, to state, congratulate the planning department themselves on an excellent job. I think we all feel that, but I'd like to express it certainly formally. Secondly, um, I like the idea of the condition um, and the fact that they're in discussions with the town council about how that is going to work in principle, because I think safety of children is quite important. Being away from Stortford Road, I think, matters a lot, particularly if you're going to build another 700 houses nearby. And thirdly, I'd like to propose adoption of the scheme as presented. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Well, would, uh, Councillor Pavitt. I'll happily second that. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Sorry, um, Chair, I, point of order, you, if you have a motion of as presented, that doesn't pick up the condition that Nigel just talked about. So you might need to I amend that. With the, with the, as, as presented with those conditions. Yeah, I think. That, uh, yeah. That condition, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Um, yes, I would just like to say I think this is an absolutely exemplary example of joint collaborative work between planning department, town council, and developers. And I'd like I would love to see more of this going on within within the district. So long, let's see if we can get some more of that done. So moving on to a vote. Um a proposal of, to approve. Proposed by Councillor Peerhurst, seconded by Councillor Pavitt. All those in favour of approval. And over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Councillor Bagnall? Approved. Councillor Caton? 
Approve. Councillor Fairhurst. Approve. Councillor LeCount. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approve. Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Approve. Councillor Reid. Approve. Well done. Councillor Stora. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. Lovely. Um, approved unanimously, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. Um, can I suggest we just take a quick five minutes break? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. It's for Adrian to start again, please, if he's oh. there. Oh, sorry, Adrian. Hello, Adrian. You're on. Are we on? Yep. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Um, agenda item four is UTT 19-1219, full application land east of Braintree Road at Great Dunmo. And it's Mr. Brown. Um, Mr. Brown, would you like to present this and then talk about um, in the summary? Um, yeah, I think. Seven. Yeah, well, do you want I'm, to do that first, or do you want to do that after at the end of your? I'll do. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I, I'll just talk to the report. I, I, I don't intend to do a presentation no, because this no. is a. This is a. Uh, this members will recall this application that when it went to committee in 20, 20 for May since a long time ago. It's not long ago, it's February, but it's a long time ago. Um, members resolved to approve planning commission um, against recommendation for approval with uh, refusal, which is quite 
quite legitimate, not a problem. And at my suggestion, members agreed that we would defer the matter so I could bring back proposed conditions and proposed section 106. Um, um, there has been a slight delay, but there's no reason why, the only reason why there's been a slight delay has been a good reason in that we've been working with the town council in terms of making sure that we can pick up all the necessary things and things can happen in the right order. And, uh, and, and the order is the, is the big cri critical issue here. Um, first of all, members were, um, before I start, um, the, I think there has been some angst caused by my paragraph seven of my summary of my report, which is whereby the, the Secretary of State has not called in this application. He has been approached to call it in, not by us, the District Council, I should add. So both the Planning Authority or the Facilities Team have not approached uh, the Secretary of State to call the matter in. Um, so the matter is, is, this happens quite, this happens occasionally where you get a, a, someone request the Secretary of State calls a matter in. They don't call it in, but they just basically ask us to give them an update where they were, which I've told them that it was members resolved to approve it, subject to it coming back with the 106 and the conditions. And uh, they've asked us not to release the decision notice until they say that we can. That's not a call-in, that's just keeping a, a, a watching brief on it. So if members are mindful to agree to this, the next part of the process will be me updating the Secretary of State, who will then say, don't release the decision notice, and then we'll progress the 106, and then we will check in with them at that time. I don't think there's any likelihood the matter will be called in, because, to be blunt, it's a local issue. It's not of national importance in, in any significance. It's of local importance, there's no doubt about that, but it is certainly not of any national importance. So just to clarify, the matter has not been called in and us, the District Council, in either of its guises, was not, not, was not requesting the matter be called in. Councillor so, Biden, could you wait until, keep that until um, we, he's done his, yeah, thanks very much. So um, members will recall that part of the, part of the situation, I'll go to the conditions first, which is not the usual thing, but um, part of the, the, advice I gave members, because members were very, very mindful to um, the balance of the, the landscape impact of the proposal against the positives of the application, which was the likelihood of provision of a alternative, of a provision of a depot site, or, and or, um, the provision of um, facilities for um, um, incubation units and, and business units, and both those are very, very positive. Um, the other part of the proposal was, was additional parts of the proposal. So part of it, the requirement was a phasing condition. And, you know, it, it can be done by way of condition. It's very underwhelming when you read it. Um, I'm just trying to see which, yeah, condition three says, prior to the commencement of works, the development hereby permitted, a phasing plan should be submitted to and approved in writing by the local planning authority. The plan should identify the phases and sequence of development comprising the areas of the depot, office, classic car business, public car park and footbridge respectively. Um, that's very underwhelming as a condition, but it's a really very significant condition in terms of doing things in the right order. And I think members were mindful of that, that, that we want to see either or both the depot and the business units before anything else. We've got no issues with the, uh, the, the, car, share, the car share room, but we just don't want that to be the, the only thing that was part of the proposal. Because if that was the proposal, members may have made a different decision. And so, and the other part of the proposal is to require um, the Section 106, which is slightly underwhelming. Again, it's not a massive requirement in terms of the Section 106. But the, the most important thing is, was that the provision of land for the uh, car park, uh, public car park, which the Town Council have now uh, are indicating they're likely to be picking up. If not, 
it will be us, but there's not an issue with that. So public car park being provided first of all, and the footpath and the open space and the bridge. And that needs to be done in a certain order. It is a bit complicated in which order you do things. If, if the depot comes first, then the depot will, there's potentially going to be some sort of, um, there would likely to be conflict if you've got, you don't want an open access to a piece of open land and a public car park if the depot has been provided. It's less of an issue. So therefore the order of things happening was an important issue. So, so what, we've, what we've agreed on is prior to the first occupation of either the depot or the office element of the scheme, whichever is first, the construction of the public car park and footbridge will be completed and transferred to Great Dunmo Town Council. So the, first of all, the occupation of either, that needs to be in place. I mean, Dunmo has a, has, <laughs> has a couple of issues regarding bridges that have been provided to that you can't get to at the moment because it relies on a developer. But, and, uh, you know, okay, we, we've learned on that one. So that one was sort that one. As well as the commuted sum agreed the maintenance of the car park and the footbridge. So the, the footbridge will, you know, the footbridge needs to be maintained. I should also add, although we've got details of the footbridge as part of the proposal, um, I've added a condition saying, notwithstanding the details of the bridge that have been submitted, we do need to bring the bridge. So, so the details of the bridge, and to be honest with you, the, the bridge needs to be submitted in terms of condition details, which I would suggest the town council need to agree to because it will end up becoming their bridge. And, and then there are other issues in terms of the prior to the, there is, there is a travel plan because we're talking about business units here. Uh, we need to discourage the use of the of motor car. So quite often travel plans come into employment uses and the county have a monitoring charge. Um, we wouldn't probably have done a 106 in its own right for that, but while we're doing it, it's the best way to put it into 106. So that does the job as far as I'm concerned. And so therefore subject to that section 106 package. Obviously, I've got the reverse if that's not provided, and um, and then subject to those conditions, the application is now recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Um, Councillor Lavelle. Thank you. So, from the town the Dunmo Town Council perspective, the town council has been in regular contact with the Uttlesford District Council Planning Department and the developer to try to ensure the earliest possibly possible delivery of the community gains associated with this development. Um, the section 106 wording seems to us to facilitate the provision of the community benefits, regardless of the timescale for the, um, uh, the refuse depot, refuse vehicle depot part of the application. And that's important because these community benefits are beneficial um, in providing access to open space where a significant number of trees have been planted by our town council. Um, it is important to Great Dunmo that the refuse de vehicle depot is relocated from this new, new street site to this new site off the Bra Braintree Road as soon as possible. I think all members recognise the unacceptable situation with the current uh, location of the, of the um, uh, refuse vehicle depot. It's very disappointing that third parties seem to be determined to undermine the wishes and best interests of the general public and the future of, of our town. Uh, we ask that the UDC supports the approval and implementation of this planning application as a priority on behalf of our residents and those in neighboring parishes. Um, what we request, though, 
is that there is continuing dialogue with the Town Council over the design and materials of the new footbridge, the car park, and the provision of a two-metre-wide all-weather pathway connecting it with the new public uh, car park. Works on the new footbridge should include making good the Town Council land on the other side of the footbridge from the development, so that users can safely leave the bridge and access the public footpaths on the other side of the bridge. So we are very grateful to UDC for working, the, the officers of UDC for working with us in coming up with um, a proposal and section 106 that appears to meet the, the identified needs of, of the Dunmar residents. And, and that is excellent. Um, the, I had questions relating to point seven of the officer's report, which Nigel has referred to. Uh, I, I would like the committee to, to look at that uh, to some extent, if, if, you would, if you wouldn't mind. Because I, what I, I'm not sure about is whether there's been a request, a potential request for a call in of this specific application or if this specific application is collateral damage associated with a potential call-in of other applications. My understanding has always been that planning applications are considered separately and on their own merits, and therefore if there is questions relating to other applications, they may be very interesting questions, but it should have no uh, um, impact or, and carry no weight on, the, on, on this application. So from a Dunmo Town Council perspective, uh, we are supportive of this Section 106 agreement, which appears to, to provide the community benefits um, that we were expecting from this, um, from this development. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lavelle. I actually, and I will stand to be corrected, Mr. Brown or um, Ms. Smith, but I don't think your last point is actually something that we can actually make any points about it's every application is taken on its own um mr brown has stated what he says and as far as i'm concerned that's it we are taking we are taking this up this 106 and i personally i think it's looks good and you're in support of it so i would be in support of this so um that's where we're taking it. Am I? Um, well, that was sorry, all I, all I could just reassure Councillor Lavelle that his assumptions about the planning process that individual applications should be considered on their own merits is the correct one. And so, so you know, we shouldn't be worrying about other applications in, in the context of this application and or even consider them, let alone worrying them about them. So I, I can reassure Councillor Lavelle's reading the situation is, is correct and it's no different here. Councillor Lavelle, you can come. I'll let you come back just now. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Councillor Merrifield. So for, for us and for Dunmo, the reason that this is considered to be important, this specific point, is that we consider it to be important and urgent to, uh, to uh, proceed with the relocation of the um, uh, refuse vehicle depot. Uh, and we're concerned that any, uh, with anything that may be done to delay that. The community benefits are also very important associated with this application, but uh, it is important that that, um, that depot is relocated from the town centre of Dunmo as expeditiously as possible. Thank you. Thank you, um, Councillor Lavelle. I, I, I think we all would agree with you that that, that depot 
in the in New Street, off New Street, does need to be relocated. Without a doubt, it does need to be relocated. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Thanks, Chair. I, I, I wanted to come back earlier. It was just to uh, clarify something. So I was just going to ask Mr Brown if he could clarify um, uh, the, that call-in. So I, I thought, do we actually need that paragraph 7? Uh, and if we do, it's there. But um, how does the call-in work? So somebody, I assume, has approached the Secretary of State, which I found unusual, because if it's not, if it's not their piece of land or their application, is that normal procedure? It's very abnormal. It's not the usual process. I mean, the last time I'm not going to re, re the last time I, the last experience I've had on it regarding the airport, and you can understand why, in the context of an airport, that discussion would be had. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very abnormal for a for a, for a third party to approach Secretary of State, but they can. Um, but it doesn't happen very often. Um, in terms of the, you know, it doesn't, it very rarely happens where a third party approaches the Secretary of State, which means there's a very unusual circumstances. And so in, in this particular, it's not, it's not the mechanism to challenge a decision. There is, a, there's other ways of doing that. Um, but the Secretary of State has to go through the process of considering the process. And, and, and it, they look at every single state and, and after today will be the, the next milestone. So that means the issuing of the notice will be delayed, no doubt. Well, I don't think it will, because the next stage after today will be the preparation of the Section 106 agreement. And so okay. that will carry on. And when we get to the normal, when we get to the point where we're almost, you know, Elizabeth's done her magic and the Section 106 is almost completed, we will complete, we will, com we will, we will contact the Secretary of State and say, actually, the 106 is almost going, can we release the decision notice? And they're likely to say yes. I'm picking up your point. It's not really a point I necessarily had to mention, but I think it's, it's, it's always good to be transparent to actually yeah. say what this is going on, because I think it's in, so that, that, that's what's important. So at the moment, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to delay it at all. I don't think it's going to delay it at all. And making, you know, I think it's, it's good to be transparent because you could guarantee somebody would have picked it up and come, come back mm -hmm. at us, saying, why are you, why, what are you trying to hide? Yeah. So let's just bring it up front. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I was very happy to support this last time and, um, will do today. Uh, but I do remember asking if just because this is going to be approved doesn't necessarily mean that the um, depot that exists at the moment will be removed. Is that right, Nigel? Yeah, I mean, this is a, this, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that, but it, it, it but it provides a facility for it. And, and, and don't forget, yeah, so that, that's, that's, it's an appropriate site for the depot, but it doesn't guarantee it's going to go there, but it's a facility that's there. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I, I think it's important to recognise this is simply a report back as requested last time by, by Mr Brown. And uh, many bases have been covered. The devil in this case is definitely in the detail. And as he pointed out, the sequence and the oversight of the process. So, so for me, it's not a terribly con controversial creature. The, 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 the report Secretary of State is, is not relevant to our case, neither is the alternative application. But the one question I do have is the question of the, the Dunmore Town Council's costs in maintaining the bridge. Because I understand 106, you can apportion a certain amount, but at some point it becomes very expensive. How is that, how is that managed in the future, if I might ask the, the question? What happens when it becomes very expensive and the, 
developers moved on. The most important thing is to ensure that it is attractive for the town council to pick it up. And that's part of the community. I mean, I must admit, we don't, we're not, we're not, it's not normal practice to have a bridge that's going to be put. I think we've got one, we've got one emerging in Stansted, one that's been built in Stansted. But apart from that, it's very rare that we have a bridge that's going to be transferred across to a, to a town council. So the, the commuted sum has to be an agreement between, between us to making it, otherwise, to be blunt, if, if we had ended up with a bridge and the commuted sum is not sufficient for the town council to pick it up, Uttlesford suddenly owns a bridge. And so wherefore, and, 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 my, and, my, and my, my advisors within the council will be saying, that ain't going to happen. You need to make the bridge acceptable to be code. So that's where the community sum comes into it. So there is, a, there is magic numbers in terms of how you work it out, in terms of how it does depend on the bridge itself, in terms of how much it's going to be maintained. But that's where the community sum will be agreed. And the town council will be heavily involved to make sure that the, the community sum is. And to be honest with you, those discussions are, are beginning to start at the moment in terms of what that figure is going to be. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Uh, Councillor Reeve. Yeah, thank you very much. Just to be absolutely sure, because I'm just trying to keep up with the, the discussion, uh, the, the, the issue about the Secretary of State and the uh, request to delay the issue of the decision notice, that's relating to this application, is yes. it? Not another it's this application, yes. Okay, thank you very much. Councillor Caton. Thanks, Madam Chairman. Uh, just to say that the Stansted uh, situation is not exactly comparable because the, oh, yeah, that's the, right. the, the, the bridge is actually being provided by the landowner uh, and it's not, as I'm aware, going to be passed on to the parish council. Uh, but there is a there is a comparable problem, which was because of the height of the bridge, uh, the finish on one side of the bridge is not particularly satisfactory. And I, I was just going to make the point that uh, the, the Patrick's point about the work on the Great Dumbo uh, land is very re relevant because you need to you need to have it at the right levels and uh, and. Uh, um, a state landing point, if you want to put it in term. And therefore, I, obviously, you do need to get, uh, there needs to be some legal um, agreement that uh, the developer can work on the great Dumbo land. Uh, and I would, would support uh, that as a part of the Section 106. Yeah, I mean, I would suggest it's it's in the it's in the magic word transferred. So therefore, prior to the first occupation of either the depot or the element, the scheme, the construction of the public car park and the footbridge will be completed and transferred. So part of the transfer is obviously landing points has to be agreement with the town council and landowners. So that that's picking up Councillor Lafayette's point. That is quite a critical point. But that the devil picking up Councillor Affairs point as well. The devil's going to be in the detail. But that is covered in terms of the transfer of the land. If you transfer in any land or any piece of the infrastructure. And in this case, you're doing both. Um, the, the devil will be in the detail in terms of making sure that that, that, that is all covered. Yeah, so there will be some really strong legalese to make sure that everyone is satisfied. Because, as I say, the ultimate sanction, if it doesn't go right, is we end up with a bridge that Uttersford owns that we don't want. 
and Dumbo don't get their bridge, which they do want. <laughs> so the most important thing is that we that, that happens properly. And be reassured that's what will happen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor um, Keaton. Councillor Pabbott. Yes, just a quick national clarification. Um, on this 9.3, the, the Essex Education Authority are asking for early years and child mobility facility. And then further on, on page 121, 11.85, it says that this is not considered necessary and that legislation is changing. Um, so is it in the 106 or not? No, there is never, there is, there is not a I don't want to open a saw here. There is never, there is never a requirement for commercial buildings to be providing contributions to education. I call it double counting. Those people live in those houses, quite possibly may live in some of the houses that we've just approved. Yeah. And there's a whopping contribution coming from that one. So you don't double count it. So if you've got a particular, if you've got a particular developer with the, of the employees, thousand people then you're saying well that needs to wash its own face in terms of direct contributions so county have been asking for it and we have been rejecting it but now legislation is changing that you can't do that now anyway so so therefore so but yeah so they have requested it but that that has been just this has not been accepted thank you thanks thank you very much councillor pavitt councillor leconte i've just got one thing to say and because i'm muted um, oh yes you keep Sorry, Councillor Leconte. Well, you're, you're muted, Councillor Leconte. Here we go. Um, I'd just like to be the last person and I'd like to support this application. Thank you very much. Was that it? Was that a. a an approval. A, for a, proposal for approval. Sorry, my Correct. mouth wouldn't work there. Sorry. Approval. <laughs> yes, okay. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Just to second that and and and, and thank uh, Nigel Brownfield. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. So thank you, and Mr. Brownford putting that together for us. So proposal to approve this um, 106 package and the conditions. Um, so proposed by Councillor Leconte, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst. Um, all those in favour of this proposal to approve and over to you, Ms. Smith. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Councillor Bagnall. Approve. Councillor Caton. Approve. Councillor Fairhurst. Approve. Councillor LeCount. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Loughlin. Approve. Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Approve. Councillor Reid. Approve. Councillor Stora. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. Thank you. That's approved unanimously, Madam Chair. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Lavelle, for coming. And you can go off and relax the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. So moving on to agenda item five, I believe that's you again, Mr. Brown. This is UTT 192900 DFO Blickets on the London Road in Newport. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye.
Oh, we've got we've got it coming back at us again. No, it stopped. There we go. It stopped. Um, oh, you. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> you, you're on now. You're on mute. You're I just wanted mute. to make sure that the speakers were in and settled. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I about that. Yes. Um, Share my screen again. Wait, can you see that? That's we can. Yeah, thanks. Um, oh, crumbs, hang on, I've got two screens open here. I've got all. <laughs> And I'm going to have to unshare and start again because it's moving a bit. Sorry, I'm going to put 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 his <laughs> on mute. That's better. Um, this applicant is, is the chair back, so I've just. Thank you. Members will be oh, aware. That... Yes. They're still howling. <coughs> shut the door. Oh, shut up in a minute. Sorry. Right. Members will be aware that this this application. So I'm just getting myself getting the screens together here. Uh, members will be aware this matter was deferred from um, an earlier meeting to allow. Um, oh, God, it keeps doing that at the moment. We can see it. You can see my presentation. We well, can see the front page of it, so yeah, I can yeah. see the rest of the presentation. Um, but it just, yeah, there we are, good. So, this just to feed members up, this is the application on access to this is coming from Quendon into Newport this way. Um, the red land is the application site. It has outlined planning permission for 11 dwellings. And uh, I think, to be put it bluntly, we were almost there. We weren't quite there. And, and I think there's been some quite really productive discussions between the applicant and the agent to sin, um, since their last meeting. Um, I will run through the proposal just to remind members. The site includes an existing access onto London Road, uh, which is this access here onto London Road. At the southern edge of Newport, includes a detached house and so that particular house will be demolished. And then we have um, the application considered reserve matters of 11 dwellings. This includes details of appearance, landscaping, landscape and scale. Um, this was the previous layout of the development put forward at planning committee. Um, and I think the, some of the, the prime concerns of the parish council was the how close it was to London Road. And as you, as you got closer into the village, you, you, you suddenly well, you, you got that particular look. So I think it sounds like there have been some minor changes, but they are quite significant changes. And I think the revised scheme includes changing the orientation of plots one and two. So um, hopefully if I can go backwards and forwards, you'll see what the difference is. Um, basically, you swapped one and two around. Um, so, so you've actually, so therefore that, that sort of um, 
lightens the access as you go along London Road rather than hitting this gable end in here. So that is significant. And I think we, so that is, that's the first issue and the initial development. And the redesign of the garages for blocks three and four, these have been designed as well. So if I go back to previous, you'll see that they've been moved further back. Um, and as well as loosening the gardens there as well, that sort of eases the situation. And the, the internal road has been designed to uh, provide a further landscape into the front of the garages four and five. Um, so hopefully I can see, you can see the difference there. So yeah, it's, they are very subtle changes, but I would, I, would, I would agree with the parents, they are quite significant changes in terms of, in terms of doing it. And, and so I think the, the internal layer has been redesigned to provide a further landscaper. Um, we've reconsulted on this issue. Um, um, we, we have one letter of objection we received from the neighbouring property. I'm not sure if that, that was on the original application. We've received no objections from the amendments. Um, it's because the layout of the dwellings and the garages within the site is appropriate and also in the framing of the new street scene, the layout of the scheme provides sufficient distances and space between the properties and will not have an overdevelopment or cramped appearance. So it has loosened it at the front access and I think it became quite clear to the to the, to the officers and also to the developer what the parish's concerns were on that particular location. Um, obviously we have the rear of uh, due considerations we made regarding the location of the M11 to the rear site. The environmental office is not objected subject to conditions. Um, I'll go to the street scene. This is the, the view that you have. Um, get this one the right way. Uh, that. Let's see which access that will be. Street elevation A. You usually get a key one there. But that is, you know, that is the, that's the view you get when you're going from, um, when you're coming from Crendon, you're going to that location there. It, it, it goes quite high up elevated to the back of the site um, and to my members of the photographs of the site um, that's the site oh, and, and just while I'm there part of the proposal is also I know the parish are battling with the county of county council in terms of trying to get the 30 mile an hour limit moved um, and uh, but part of the proposal also includes the removal of the, the relocation of the signage once we get there um, so I think the, the, the so I think the issue is I think the big problem in terms of accessing the site um, that the, the county council likes buffer zones. It doesn't go straight from 60 to 30. And so therefore they would like a 14 hour limit before it comes 30. Well, our argument will always be, well, it's, it's 50 if you go out into the, it's not natural speed limit when you go beyond. I think the solution is easy. You move the 30 out and then you have a 40, then you have a 50. So anyway, that is discussions on board, but this does provide the provision of the of the removal of any street furniture. So the county cannot argue the cost of the proposal is an imperative to it. And one further, I'm gonna go back to the, um, to the layout, because I think that's the, the critical issue here. But one other matter that has been raised is the conditions have been changed uh, because the, the significance is there is a significant can't quite get it on this plan. There's a significant buffer of landscaping in this location here, and there's also strategic landscaping provided there. And quite rightly, a lot, a lot is made of that in terms of it, it, it's minimising the impact of the proposal as you enter from Quendon. Um, so therefore, we have therefore requested a revised condition. Um, too many screens open, that's the problem I've got here. There is a revised condition, a landscaping condition, which is added to the report. Um, um, which 
something I'm firmly believe is, is moving forward, where you are relying heavily on landscaping to ameliorate the impact of the development. And don't forget, there is no problem. This development is a very good quality development. And so seeing it is not necessarily a problem. But to minimise the impact as you're entering the, the village and to and ensuring that you've got the gaps between the between the villages and you don't have coherence, um, you need to maintain landscaping. And a lot of developers, quite rightly, put a lot of emphasis on providing of landscaping. And so therefore we requested a condition. The normal standard approach is that if any trees die within five five years, um, they are therefore replaced. Um, so you give it a go, some, some, may, some may die, then you replace it. Um, we've decided, and this is something where me and Council Harkins are very much joined at the hip on this one, because my view is 10 years is where you've got, it shouldn't always happen, but you've got, where you've got a critical situation where landscaping is critical, that should be increased to 10 years. So therefore, you know, you have a landscaping scheme that's agreed, the landscaping becomes established, and it's actually retained it then for 10 years. And at that point, you have established landscape, and there's no reason to remove it. Um, but um, the, the situation is then becomes established. So simply changing that from five years to ten years, I think, makes such a significant difference. So we we've added that additional condition in terms of maintaining the landscape. So subject to, to put it mildly, bluntly, all we've done is sorry, that is the yeah, that's the revised yeah. So we've shifted those layouts. We've shifted those two properties here. Move the garages back to ease the gardens there and done a, done a softer approach to the roads there, as well as the additional condition. And on that basis, the Parish Council have now confirmed that they support the application. Um, unfortunately, that's come in after the report. And so the application is, is, is therefore recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. We have two speakers, um, Councillor Hargreaves and Mr. Peter Stocking. So take Councillor Hargreaves first. Good morning, Councillor Hargreaves. I think it's still morning. Well, I haven't had any lunch since so um, Yes. Absolutely. It's, it is after 12, but if you haven't had lunch, it's still morning. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yes, I'm speaking in, in support of this. Uh, we had, I so said, we is Parish, myself, uh, the architect, the developers, and officers had two very good meetings. Um, initially, there was added some reluctance, but I think we when the architect came back with the revised version. I think everybody agreed, yes, this is going to look better. Um, looking at how it was previously, it was, it was rather sort of flabby terracy and also an issue that house in the spinney, the next developed to the north, would suddenly be revealed when all the trees were taken out. Turning around plots one and two, uh, means we'll get some camouflage of the spinny, so we'll actually get a benefit on this. It also means that we end up with a little garden uh, in the corner on the on the entrance to the development, which I think will look rather nice. And the other houses, three and four, moving slightly in, also means you get rather than a, um, a straight-in, line view, you get them slightly staggered. I think that will look good. Uh, and the rest of it, the curving, also makes it look better from the from the entrance. So I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, the um, landscaping to the south really is it's open metal fencing with uh, hedges. Uh, I haven't seen the actual detail, but I'm assuming we're talking hornbeamy type hedge. Yes, I'm pleased that that we're going for a 10-year condition on that. 
Um, at the moment, there's actually nothing there. It's completely open. But it is protected by trees on the main road further south, but you know, people can take those out when they like. Uh, so that, that, that would be good. Um, there's two, an, an issue please request uh, for certainly plots one, two, three, and four. Can we please remove permitted uh, development rights on those? Uh, they are quite tight, tightly built. Um, my understanding of removal of, of those rights is that you can still, if you want to build an extension, you have to then apply for planning permission. It's not just an automatic. I wouldn't would hate to see we've, we've done the work, make it look good, get the garden there, and somebody comes along and says, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my extension straight out there, uh, you know, six weeks after I've moved in. Uh, and I would also say for the rear four as well, I think it's plots, it'd be 11, 10, 9, and 8. Uh, that again is tight packed. The ones in the middle, there is room if you want to do an extension. The ones at the end, there is not. Uh, I would like to see permitted development rights removed on those as well. There's an argument from the developer that, oh, well, it makes them less saleable. I would argue the opposite. I would say if I moved in there and I could see that my neighbours could not just stick an extension next to me without me having a set in it, I would quite like that. Uh, so that will be the two requests. Um, on the uh, speed limit, we've many times asked highways, can you please move the speed limit out? The developer actually offered to pay for it all. Uh, highways have just been sort of, well, how should you put it? They say, oh, we might have to do something with the sign or something like that. We have not been clear on it. Uh, it would benefit to all if they'd move it, but it's not, not an issue for the committee, it's an issue for highways. So I just thought I'd mention it. Uh, I understand from what Mr. Brown said that there is provision for the payment for, for altering the position of the signage. I don't know how you can do that because it's obviously at the, at the limit. You could take, you could reduce, you could, you could take the welcome to Newport bit off the bottom to make it a bit more open. I'm not sure how that can be done. So we'd be interested to see how that pans out. Uh, but generally, I think I'm very pleased, and thank you very much to the committee for giving us the opportunity to have a second go at this. It's going to look very much better, and I'm um, happy to support it. Thank you very much, Councillor Hargreaves. Does anybody else hear somebody typing? Like somebody uh, typing on a keyboard? Sorry, it's, sorry, it's my daughter. She's working next to me. She's... Oh, right, it's you. That's okay, then. That's fine. All right, yeah. then. I'm thinking, I'm hearing... Yeah, okay, because we've had trouble with noises today. <laughs> okay, thanks very much, Councillor Hargreaves. Um, Mr. Peter Stocking. Hello. Are you there? Have I lost, have we lost you? He did, I saw him. I saw him. He was there. I know. Mr. Stocking, are you still there? Has he fallen out? He seems to have fallen out, Chair, at the moment, and he's not in the waiting room. Oh. I'll give him a minute. And then if he doesn't, we'll just move on.
one of those mornings, eh? Still not asking to come back in for us? Not at the moment, sure. No. Okay, I think we're just going to move on, unfortunately. Shall I, um, shall I let him in if he, if he reappears halfway through? Yep, he can do. Yeah, you can Thank do. Thank you. Sorry, do you think we should give him a bell to be on the safe side? Does somebody have his telephone number? Because that's something I've got. Presumably it might be on Nigel's file. How much time is that going to take up? I, no, I do know we had a number of meetings going on today. The indicates right. too, but um, he hasn't put a chat thing up, has he? There was nothing on the chat. So yeah. I would suggest we just move on. Madam Chairman, yeah, could, could we not perhaps could we not perhaps give him five or ten minutes? It complicates very much if the if the applicant hasn't spoken. I think it would be appropriate. I really do. I would tend to agree with Councillor Fairhurst on this one. Perhaps if. It's the fact that, I mean, okay, yeah, I agree. I, I can see that. Thinking, thinking aloud, if Alicia is here, perhaps we could put this one back to after lunch and uh, deal with number six quickly. No, well, no, I don't no, want to, yeah, sorry, no, I'm anxious that we don't want to. No. We, we, we've had the, I think, I think the issue is, is I think picking up Councillor Fairfax, give him, give him five minutes. I put a call out to him now and say, you know, where, where are you? And um, you know, if he's, if he's, and then well, I think if he doesn't come in within five minutes, we can continue because I don't I think it's it's unfair on the applicant and the neighbours on the X one. It's permissible to allow him to make a statement after we've deliberated. If he comes back in again halfway through. Well, I mean, he's not hearing what we're saying. It's difficult without predicting what you guys are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Because obviously, this day and age, it could be something as drastic as all electricity. Yeah, that's gone right. Out. Something that's ridiculous like that. If, if it's something drastic, we make we make a decision on that. If he has just decided because he has another meeting and he hasn't said that he has to go, that's his choice. No, I, I, my suggestion is he's been kicked out. Um, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Stockings, a one hundred percent gentleman, he wouldn't act like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I, leave it with me. I'll see if I can contact him. Okay, we'll just take a five minute. Can we stop recording for a minute? Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Chris. You're back online now. Thanks very much. Thank you.
Welcome back, everybody. We've managed to ascertain what's happened. And over to you, uh, Mr. Brown, to let us know. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, Chairman. I, I spoke to the applicant, Mr. Stocking. Unfortunately, he had a massive mass outage. That's why it all happened very suddenly. I think we've all experienced that during these times. So he's just a bit, he wasn't a flounce. He just, he just disappeared. Um, I've spoken to him and he was here to answer any questions. Um, but what he was going to say was he was going to emphasize the collaboration that we've had with the parish council um, and whether we work really well with the parish council and we've moved forward and, you know, and he agrees with what Council Hardbury has just said in terms of the improvements to the scheme. Um, there are other things that he mentioned, which I think the permitted development right, which I will pick up once we get into debate. Um, he was, you know, the, the implications of that. Um, that there would have implications for him, um, that he would have he would have raised that as an issue. Um, but um, I'm happy to pick that up in, in separately. But apart from that, he was here mainly to answer any specific questions. Okay, thanks very much. But he, and he's content with us continuing. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Councillor Lecomte? Um, I actually um, support this uh, proposal. But as a condition, I'd like to ask Mr. Brown, I've just gone through the conditions, but I can't see anything about where it says the developer will pay the cost of moving the 30 mile an hour signs. And I use the word signs because there's one either side of the road. Um, I've tried to move a 30 mile an hour sign in, in Henham. It can take anything up to two years and they might not even reduce let you move the sign, but just do a buffer of 40. So, but therefore some new, new signs need to be 40. But I can't put the condition in there that says the developer will pick up that cost. Right, so just to clarify that issue, I mean, I'm sorry, I've, my, my, I've just, I was, I had my own little thrown out issue here as well. Um, if you go to the conditions uh, on, on, on this particular application, condition, 14, um, proposed condition 14. The issue is, is not um, to pick up councillor, to paraphrase what Councillor Hargreaves said, it is not for the developer to finance traffic road order in terms of getting the, the, um, the speed limit down. That is unfortunately between the parish and the, and the county council in terms of trying to do that. But condition 14 says, if the removing of the speed limit located on the highway to the south of the application is required for the, for the recommended visibility display, uh, the developer should be responsible for replacing with position of it. So he's actually going to do it. He'll actually remove, he'll actually move the sign. And the county always prefer it that way because it's, it's, it's always cheaper for the developer to do it than the county to procure to do it. So, so it is actually to physically move any signage. So yeah, I got it. Okay, so I've just read it again. And uh, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. Thank you. <coughs> Councillor Pavitt. Um, yes, on, on the question of the removal of PDAs, Nigel, could, could you clarify what powers we have specifically? Um, because what Councillor Hargreaves suggested on 1, 2, 3, 4, and 8, 9, 10, 11 seem to make perfect sense. Um, so perhaps we could apply that condition. It is in your gift to take away permitted development rights on a property. Um, but there just has to be a good reason for it. That's all. And I think, uh, and I think Council Hargreaves, I would suggest, has put forward a very good reason why he would want to take away permitted rights. But I think as part of our discussion was it was it was for members to decide that issue. 
I mean, and I, and I think um, the specific plots that Councillor, oh, I haven't got my presentation on there, but the specific plots that um, Councillor Hargreaves was mentioning, um, was regarding plots one to four at the very front of the site, because a lot of the, all the work to bring this to the position whereby we recommended is, is to, it's, it's it, they're minor changes, but that sums it up really. Household, any household or extension could change that view, as well as the ones to the very back, which are plots eight to 11. So that has a separate impact. The ones in the middle aren't necessarily a problem because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, and also you've got landscaping there. So it is within your gift to, to, to restrict permitted development rights. Um, if you feel that the, 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 the planned nature of the development is not over development, these, these sites are well easily um, within garden size sizes. So you're not, gonna, you're not pushing on that envelope there, but it is an important element in terms of access. So, so if members feel that it is appropriate to take away permitted development rights, you can do that. Well, obviously the government, sorry, just to add an extra thing, the government, we, we can take away the permitted development rights that are currently within the GDO, um, which includes some of the other ones that the, met, that the companies are emerging as well. So we can actually capture all the requirements within the GDO that people can do under permitted development rights, and we can do that. And, and, we, and then obviously the council brings in any, if they, and we would also also have the covenant saying, and any other thing that replaces that. So the GDO, I mean, they're doing with stuff with permitted development rights anyway. But to pick up Councillor Hargreaves' point, it doesn't stop people from applying. And we're not trying to stop people from doing appropriate extensions to the property. So I don't want to be in a position where just, and this is always a difficult problem where you take away permitted development rights and someone applies for something that is totally appropriate. Um, that's nothing wrong with that. We will, but we, but the council needs to be get, consider that in the round in terms of where it is. And so, 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 so there's a long answer to your question, Councillor Pavard, but the fact is, is within your gift, to do that, and if members want to do that, that's pleased to do it. But the developer would have raised the issue that that affects, I'm not going to agree with Councillor Argreaves all the time, but I am today on that one as well. The developers sometimes can argue that can affect the saleability, but if, if someone who wants to buy plot one has their PD rights removed, that may make it more attractive to plot, to plot two to buy their property because you're actually buying into a so I don't actually buy that issue, but you still just have to be reasonable if you're taking away reasonable rights. That's what it is. Okay. Can, can I can I then recommend to our members here that we do provide that uh, condition, or gift it, as you say, Nigel. And, and there's a broader point. If I can just say that, um, although I don't personally know this particular developer enterprise, unless it's a different subsidiary of them, um, I, I am aware of work they've done, particularly here in Great Chesterford. Um, on two sites. Um, and I have to say that they, they do do what I would consider to be superior to a lot of developments that occur in this particular district. Um, they build nice houses and they, you know, they're an SME builder, which I think it's very important for us to support um, where we can. So I think this is a good proposal. Thank you very can much. Just, sorry, can I just clarify, because Councillor Hargreaves wasn't in view at that particular time. The request is regarding plots one to four and eight to 11. Yep. Is that right? Is that, that was? Yep. That's correct. Yes, yes. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Caton. Thanks. I'm slightly concerned that we are being rather 
arbitrary in um, talking about POTS 8 to 11, is it? Uh, are they not the, the social housing or affordable housing units? Um, Two of them. I, I mean, uh, the, our concern, I thought, was about the approach to the village and softening the approach to the, the village. And I totally agree, you know, that removing development rights there because that was the, the core issue for us is correct. But just to then suddenly think, oh, well, it would be quite nice to uh, do it to the, the buildings at the back without any kind of rationale for doing that, I think is, is as I say, arbitrary. So I, 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 I couldn't support removing of development rights uh, at the back, but I'm certainly happy to support a suggestion at the back, uh, at the front. Uh, secondly, my query was about the 10-year kind of commitment to the landscaping. Now, I assume that this development will, and, and its, its road network and its public realm, will be actually kind of outsourced to a management company, eventually by the developer. And so how do we ensure that that 10-year commitment is honoured by the, the management company? Because I'm sure that they will, the developer will pass out all these responsibilities to the management company. Two issues there. Thank you. Right. To pick up the first issue, the affordable housing units are one and two. Uh, that's what the red the red spots mean. So therefore, and I think you know that, and I and, and also I agree with Councillor Clayton. You do need to be mindful that the situation on one to four is different to eight to eleven. Um, that doesn't mean to say you. Oh, it's the stockings back now. Yeah. As um, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. So the situation between eight and eleven. So you do need to be careful that you're making two different decisions in terms of PD requirements. Um, and the, 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 the other issue regarding the, sorry, I forgot what the other issue was now. The other issue was... The landscape commitment. Landscaping, yeah. It is, it is quite straight. I mean, the, the situation at the moment would be, the normal standard would be anything. If we get to a position in, say, eight years' time, where you have a, a, a landscaping condition has been sorted and some trees just will not take, then those, they, they will be in breach and planning condition. There's whoever owns those particular landscaping plots. So the management company would be in breach if it is a management company picking it up. If the developer has retained the rights to carry out the landscaping, because it's an obligation they probably have moving forward. So it's just, it's the same situation as where we get, if we get five years into a development and landscaping starts dying, we would go, we would take formal enforcement action against, I don't think it would be the case here, but we would take formal action against the developer or whoever's the landowner. It could be the householders that are responsible. If, if say suddenly, a householder buys one of the plots and, and hacks at the trees, then that, that could be a problem as well. But I think the 10-year makes such a difference between the five years because it becomes, the five years is usually the development process and what I call pilgrims, the new developers, the new purchasers who have bought properties from, from the developer. But then the second stage, when you have buy, sell-ons, that's where the 10 years comes in and then the landscaping becomes truly established. So the, as another non-answer, sorry, Councillor Kate. But ultimately, the, 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 we will still be able to take action against whoever owns it. And if that includes the management company, we'll be able to do that. Thank you very much. 
Ah, uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I believe it's September 1st that the new planning rules come into force, which will diminish some of the council's um, powers, if you like. Uh, and I think some of those uh, would apply to extensions. So would that mean um, that PDR rights, if we were to take them away now, uh, it would be null and void when the new rules come in? My reading of it is no, because the you are... The the, P, the 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 new rules will be pursuant still to the GDO. There'll be another amendment to the GDO, uh, the, sorry, the General Development Order, which is the the, the the Bible, which has all the permitted development stuff in it. So there's going to be some added stuff to that, and so therefore we will be covering the current ones today. You know, the the 19th of August in terms of picking up, and then we would also mention. Any, you know, internally and any other ones that come forward in, in response within the same GDO areas. So we could actually predict those ones and take those because we know what's coming on the 1st of September. So we could actually we could actually wrap that up. I think we can legally do that because it's still going to be part of the GDO. But we need to get as much control as we can because there is some considerable amount of changes that's going to happen in terms of moving forward. And I, and I think this is a discussion we're going to be having quite often moving forward. Um, in terms, of, especially if you're talking to developments like this, but I think you know we need to be mindful of what's coming up on the first of September, and specifically mention those. And but also there is also the, the additional line on any PD right condition which says anything. You know, like you know we're talking of like you look at part A, part A of the thing which covers issues such as minor stuff like um, fences and stuff that could change at any minute. But if we're referring it to A, but then we're getting so. Anything of the existing GDO that changes or anything added to it, we can we can prove, prove it as much as we can. That's all we can do. Right. Thank you. Can I can I just ask, if you don't mind, Councillor Murrayfield? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is new to uh, to us. It's new to you. Would it be possible to have a workshop on this at some point? I personally yeah, need my own workshop. To be honest, at the moment, in terms of trying to get a grip of it. Yes, we can do yeah. that. I think that's a very good idea. I, I, there's a couple of workshops I was wanting to talk to Nigel about anyway, so yes. Thank Put you. On the list. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Um, Councillor Fairhurst, um, there's a point I want to make up, but I'll well, go to you first. Thank you. After you. No, no, it's okay, because I'll, I'll hear what you say, because you might, you know, it's fine. Oh, no, I, 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 there are a couple of issues you've raised. Um, I think that the speed limit is a major issue, and I don't think we are powerless in this. I think we, I would suggest that we, as a committee, write a letter to, to, to Highways England and say, can they please do it? I mean, it makes no difference, but at least we're expressing concern this isn't being done and maybe increase the urgency a bit. Um, the second, in terms of, of, of PD rights, um, I think it's relatively easy to justify um, removal of PD rights in the front, because that's what the whole application change was about. Um, I'm not as convinced about the back, but I'd be, I would go with the group. Um, and my, I, my real concern is with the, the um, uh, uh, landscaping on the edge, on the, on the leading edge of the application. From the plans, it looks like the buildings are, built, are pushed right off the edge, and I'm not sure how much landscaping you can get in there to, to shield that view. Um, and I'd ask, I'd ask the officer if he could give us some guidance on, on what we can actually get in that, in that, in that leading edge, if, if anything at all. Yeah, we're not trying to hide it. That's the first issue. We're trying to assimilate it. That's the first issue regarding landscaping. Um, we have a major tree belt to the south, south 
repeats itself to the to the bottom below the site in terms of a major tree belt. Yeah. Um, I was suggesting that particular point, so I'm pointing to a plan that you can't see. It's plot seven that goes very, very close to the boundary. Yes. Um, not a lot in that location could be done in terms of landscaping, but I don't forget the, the red land, the blue land goes beyond that. So it's likely to, it's, it's not just, it's not just that where plot seven meets the boundary of the site because the blue land goes beyond that. So there is an opportunity to further landscape along that boundary that goes into that land. Thank you. Um, Councillor Reeve. Thank you. I was uh, hoping this time I might be able to propose um, uh, approval of this. But uh, tell me if it's inappropriate. No, I think you that would be with the um, uh, with, with with the PDA. Um, uh, 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 requests uh, in place for houses one, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Okay, um, that's what I was. Okay, I will second that. But I want to. I want to ask a question here. Um, we need to all be happy with all of them. I'm happy to withdraw and wait for you, Sandy. Yeah, no, it's okay. It, uh, with all eight on there, we need to all be happy with that. So do I need to ask for sort of a show of hands for all all eight? What sorry, so just to help, to help you out because obviously we can't do stuff visually. No, I know. So what I suggest you do is if, if Councillor Reeve has proposed yeah. um, plots and he was plots one to five and eight to eleven. One to four. One to four. One to four. One to four. four. Sorry, what did I say? One to four and eight to eleven. Yeah. That's the proposal and that finds a seconder. Okay. And that right. just needs to be voted. Now, I mean, there may be ones that are happy to approve it without that condition, and they've got the right to, to vote against that proposal. So, so therefore, so I think we just need to rush that one, rush that one through in terms of it. I don't. Sorry, I didn't pick up whether we got a second of the councillor Reeves proposal. Okay, councillor Sutton. Can we just understand the the second lot? You know, the backlog, the back lot. Why that is so important to um, to put that restriction on on those ones as well? Can can somebody just explain that, Nigel? Well, it's not. I mean, I'm not recommending we take not, BD rights away at all. No. <laughs> I don't think I, that's that's why I was that. Okay, can we have a second for that? But that's a fair question. That is the magic question, Councillor Sutton, to be honest, in terms of my yeah. issue one to four. I, I can, you know, I'm quite mellow about that one, but I can't see any justification of eight to 11 um, in terms of doing it. I probably should have asked that question slightly earlier. Adam Chairman, can I'm, I, I'm quite happy to withdraw my, um, I'm quite happy to withdraw my proposing if you want to talk about it more. It hasn't had a second yet. I haven't Madam taken Chairman. a second yet. Madam Chairman, may I propose I may I propose to approval with a, a withdrawal of PD rights for the front group and not for the back group and, every, and all the other conditions you've discussed. Yeah. Conditions, plots one to four. Uh, I'll second that. Mm. Um, all right, so we're going to have PD rights on one to four. Removed. Removed, right. Sorry, I hope, the way I heard that was it was the opposite <laughs> way round there, so that's why I was just asking for um, clarification. Yes. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve, for withdrawing that. Thank you. Um, right, so was that Councillor Lemon who seconded that there? Who's, who seconded that? 
Councillor Lemon, yes. Well, Councillor Lemon, thank you. Okay, so Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Lemon, yes. Yes, so Councillor Fairhurst proposed with the PD rights removed on lots one to four. Um, seconded by Councillor Lemon. Um, all those in favour of that proposal. Over to you, Elizabeth. Councillor Bagnall? Against. Don't think we debated it. Councillor Cason? For. Councillor Fairhurst? For. Councillor LeCount? Councillor Lemon? For. Councillor Loughlin? For. Councillor Merrifield? I'm going to abstain from, the, from this one. Councillor Pavitt? For. Councillor Reeve? Against. Councillor Stora? For. Councillor Sutton? Thank you, Madam Chair. That is seven votes in favour, three against and one abstention. Thank you. Gemma, can I just clarify what's happened there? Because I think it got a bit confusing. I got yeah. confused. We have, correct me if I'm wrong, we've approved planning permission with plots one to four having their permitted development rights removed. Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's what we've done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I might owe an apology. Um, we'll move on. Um, now, Right. I will ask for either indulgence or if you wish to stop. So it is five to one. It is whether we think we can get finished by quarter past. So we have a 45 minute break for lunch or we break now and we come back at two o'clock. I know what my opinion is, but I will take this with um, advisement time would we like would we like would we like to stop now could we just have a thumbs for time now right i think that's an approval so we will stop now and we will adjourn at 2 p.m chris can you tell councillor jones because he's been in the waiting room he ain't gonna be please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
told your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. You're live. Thank you very much. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and anybody listening in on the web to Brusselsford District Council's Planning Committee meeting um, in on this 19th of August 2020. Um, moving, we're moving on to agenda item six, which is UTT 201032 HHF 5 Station Road, Great Dunmore. And the officer presenting is Alishba Emmanuel. So over to you, Ms. Emmanuel. Thank you very much. Ellen, um, I'm just going to share my screen. Thank you. And can I just say while you're doing that, welcome to your first planning committee. Thank you. Um, is that okay? Can everyone see that? Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay. Um, so the application site is located within the development limits of Great Dunmow. Uh, the proposal for Five Station Road is for a single storey front extension. Sorry, can I just stop you? Mm -hmm. What we've got is the, the front page at the moment. It's not going to the, the next pages, so I'm not sure if you need to press another one of the buttons. Is that so, working? I think that's it now, yes, thank you. Can do that. Is that better? Yep, that's great. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, the proposal for five station road is for a single story front extension, the remodeling of the existing two story side extension, the erection of a two story and single story rear extension, and it also includes the replacement and remodeling of the existing single story rear extension, alterations to the roof, including the provision of roof lights to the front elevation and dormer window to the rear elevation and associated uh, landscape works. The site contains a detached dwelling set within a spacious plot with two parking spaces to the front of the dwelling and a driveway to the side of the dwelling. The increase in footprint of the dwelling that will be produced through the implementation of the, propose, the proposal uh, is shown on screen. Um, and this includes um, this patio area to the rear as well. The existing dwelling uh, does have a side extension uh, that has, was previously approved, which is visible from the front elevation of the street uh, of the dwelling into the street scene. To the rear is an existing rear extension and lean to addition. Um, the site is located within a residential street which does have a business within the central reservation of Station Road um, and that's that this dominoes here. Uh, the properties within the street scene are of a similar wide frontage 
um, and there are evidence of the of frontal extension such as that which has been applied for along the street scene. The uh, front elevation of the property uh, has an existing front porch area which is to be which is proposed to be extended to across the full width of the dwelling. Um, Um, and that's also visible here. However, the front extension that is proposed will come out a bit further than where that porch is uh, currently sitting. The rear elevation of the dwelling highlights the additions that have previously been approved on the site um, and the side extension um, slash and lean-to extension can be seen here. Um, this is the proposed um, additions to the dwelling. The front of elevation will have, as I've said, the uh, front extension, um, extending to the full width of the property, um, with a modest porch with a pitched roof um, central to the port, uh, to the addition. Sorry, uh, to the side would be will be a subservient two-story extension with discernible breaks and plan form, ridge height, and scale to the main dwelling which is set back from the main, main dwelling mass. To the rear of the property is a proposed rear box dormer, which has been assessed under permitted development um, as well because the PD rights have not been removed from this property. So um, I considered it relevant to the application to assess it um, under that as well. Um, and it has been um, considered uh, approvable under permitted development. Um, the remodelling of the side extension and rear extension um, is considered to be much more appropriate to the dwelling than what was previously approved, um, applied for. Sorry, uh, Previous to this application, there was a refusal uh, for some of the elements, for the elements that have been applied for, but those were considered to have a very overbearing um, effect and were not considered in keeping in design to the current character and appearance of the existing dwelling. Um, and also the extensions and the additions with this application have been considered for their impact on the amenity of neighbouring properties. And as there is no first floor windows proposed, the proposal is considered to cause no loss of privacy or to cause overlooking. Moreover, there are no concerns regarding daylight, a loss of daylight or overshadowing. Um, so it's therefore recommended that the proposal is approved. Thank you. Thank you very much, much. Um, Mr. Barney. So we have one speaker, uh, Councillor Rod James, and I take it you're speaking as our town councillor, Councillor James. Um, Chair, no, I'm speaking as a district councillor. I'm the councillor that called the, okay. uh, the application into the committee. Thank you. Good afternoon, and I thank the Chair and the committee members for their time today, especially considering the number of items to be considered on the agenda. And I think for you guys and ladies, it's going to be a long day. Um, I'm speaking as the ward councillor that called this application in. I have noted the consultation replies from Great Dumbo Town Council for this and the previous application and also the letters of representation uh, from the previous application, um, namely by the local residents. The previous application for the extension was refused because of the virtue of its appearance and scale. 
um, because it would cause significant harm to the character and appearance of the existing dwelling and setting and loss of residential amenity to the neighbouring properties. The proposed extension, which is before you today, is considered a significant improvement to that scheme. I've looked at the proposed elevations for the new scheme and I cannot see any significant improvements to proposed front elevation. I note that the once proposed impressive front door way is now small and low. The front of the building will still be out of character of the settlement and ready in conjunction with uh, policy Gen 2 would not be compatible with the appearance and materials of surrounding buildings. The side and back elevation adjacent to three station road have been changed, which I presume is to reduce the impact of the residential immunity to the neighbouring property. Policy Gen 2 and policy H8 refer. I note that the loss of privacy or overlooking wasn't a material consideration in the previous application. There's no additional windows proposed that would overlook the neighbouring property, and this is still true of the current proposal. My concern, though, is the loss of daylight and overshadowing of three station roads, courtyard garden, and the subsequent reduction of natural daylight levels in the kitchen and living room of that property throughout the various seasons of the year. Obviously, from the case officer report, um, she is satisfied that the proposed scheme would not lead to the loss of daylight and or cause overshadowing to the extent that loss of amenity, that would extend to the loss of amenity to three station road. However, there's been no daylight or sunlight study that supports this view. Considering the side extension remains in part two storeys um, and it's extended slightly, the proposed development is of a large scale and the increased visible side profile of the dormer on the eastern side of the roof may also now be a factor to be taken into consideration. I call this application in to ensure full and proper consideration of this application by the planning committee and to ensure that number three station road doesn't suffer loss of amenity because of this new planning application. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Councillor Jones. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. I believe there is the chart um, uh, regarding daylight that um, planning officers use. Is that right, Mr. Brown? Um, you know, the angles of light. I mean, I think that's probably best explained by Alicia, to be honest, because... Right, and then when can, yeah. come back, please. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, yes, so we do use a uh, daylight calculator, um, so we try to work out um, whether or not garden, uh, private garden amenity space or uh, lower ground floors will be affected by two-storey extensions using the calculator, which I did use to assess this application. Right, thank you. I, I thought that would be the case. Uh, and I do notice that um, and the representations it's only the parish council that have made comments because the neighbouring properties have been consulted and no objections uh, or further comments have been made. And as they are the ones that will be directly um, affected, I would have thought that they would be the ones uh, that we would listen to the most because uh, it will be their lives that are affected. I, I personally um, don't actually see any problem with this application. I think, as you said, you'd use your chart for the lights and uh, the lighting and uh, it's all been done according to the way planning application should be done so i don't think it's right for me to propose it at the moment is that right councillor Merrifield? yes i think we should just let some other people talk um, yes um, that's fine i've said my bit thanks thank you councillor leconte i'm just a quickie actually because basically i agree with janice i mean this to 45 degrees um, and there's no representations from neighbours, but 
that Councillor Jones said that number three is, is objective. But why didn't number three send in representation? Could I ask that, Councillor Jones? Councillor Jones, would you like to reply to that, please? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, as far as I'm aware, they haven't objected, but I'm not sure if they were aware that this new application was in, so I can't actually speak for um, the property owners of number three. Um, however, on the previous application, they did go to the trouble of um, having a report made by a company that uh, deals with light and light uh, immediately within people's back gardens houses due to developments next door or in the vicinity of. So um, as I say, I'm not here to speak on behalf of the residents. The residents did contact me on the previous application, um, but that doesn't that hasn't affected my uh, speaking today. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Jones. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. It's, a, it's an awkward one because from where we sit, it seems like a trivial matter. They're going to extend their house a little bit more than they've done before. Um, last time we decided it was too much. The neighbours haven't objected, but the neighbours also, their lives will be affected. It won't be trivial. Um, it'll make a difference. And it sort of justifies our existence to try and intercede when lives and differences are made. Um, and I don't have enough information on this, I'm afraid. Um, I think that uh, Councillor Lachlan, there's not enough for us to say no to someone wanting to extend their house. Um, I think in the normal world, we would ask for a visit or photographs of the neighbouring houses so we can get a, a, a sense of scale and a sense of how things will change. We have to rely on, on the officers to do their calculations based on, on shading and 45 degrees because that's all we've got. And based on the information in front of me, I, I can't find any hard evidence to, to, to restrict people's process. Um, so I'm ambivalent at the moment, I must confess. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhouse. Councillor Sutton. Sorry. Um, under the, the possible new planning legislation to come into effect shortly, um, am I right to assume that this type of application will probably just get you know, seen straight through anyway? I don't think it's as simple as that. Um, there are there are some changes to the rules in terms of the big issue is going up for extra stories, and that's going to be prior prior notification process. I know I'm I know I'm speaking in public here, but the government have a habit with the new PD rights of giving with one hand to taking away with the other. They look like they're going to tear away all the requirements. Then they add an extra process, which I should add, adds extra work to my offices, but it would have been easier just to leave it alone. Um, so, so what the basis it the, I mean, we also have the, the large extension proposed, you could put a large extension. This would still, in my mind, would still need requirements for planning permission, would still require planning permission. But I think, um, but Alicia, when she was doing her presentation there, did allude to the fact that you do need to take into account what you can do under permitted development. And so Alicia also has to have the fallback situation quite a lot of this or a smaller slightly smaller version of this can be done under permitted development but i would not say in answer to that question that the new rules are necessarily going to tear away and then this would need this would not need permission there would certainly need to be some sort of prior notification to us anyway because that's that's what the government tends to do can i sorry sorry councillor store I'll, I'll let you come in first but can i just ask a question they've got the front little sort of the porch the extended porch at the moment yes and at the back, they've got the first, the, the ground floor extension, and then the bit of the side extension. Um, but for example, take the front, which is going to be a front extension. You said it's coming out farther. 
and it, it's obviously going to be an extension as opposed to just to a porch. What's the difference in size or percentage or whatever? Can you tell us? Have you got your fingers? fingers I, mean, I, I don't, um, but I can give you probably a rough estimate. Yeah, a rough, yeah. Okay. Um, Should I come back to you? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. I'm not, you know, I know it's not you know, expecting it straight off the top of the head, but if I could, if I could, if you could come back to us when you think you've got something like that, that would be good. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank you very much, um, Alicia. Uh, Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. Forgive me because this may not be relevant uh, to the question facing us. But it might explain the current appearance of the house in, in the street scene. Am I right in thinking that this dwelling was previously two and that either two have been converted to one or it's been redeveloped? The reason I ask is because um, when we saw the, the map, um, the street numbering, this one, it's not as though it was a a 13 or anything and I just got the impression here this this site this plot is wide by comparison with the houses either side so it just begged uh, the question to me are we talking for information's sake about what was once upon a time two houses that's all and was it, or was it just a into this it was it was a singular dwelling it wasn't pre it wasn't previously two that have now been made one Sorry. Sorry. Um, it was it was always a singular dwelling. It was it was not previously two. It's just a large plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pick it up, Councillor Storer's point. If you look at the street scene, um, there is a there's a row of um, well beyond. If you go south of the site, it's basically a row of semis. So you've got a low boom 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 row of semis. And so I can see why Councillor Storer has asked that point. Okay, there, is a, there is a point at number one, for instance, which is a single dwelling. So I think the site has been, there may have been in the past where semis have been replaced with singles and all sorts of things. So I think, you know, but yeah, but looking at this now, it looks like it, it may originally get all the way back in the darkest time. And there may have been a semi there for all we know. But at the moment, this particular dwelling is a dwelling that's just been built as a single dwelling. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you. Uh, just a question on the parking. When I look at the revised block plan um, on the website, um, it looks to me as though um, where they've pushed the extension out, they've put in two vehicle parking spaces, but they've also pushed out the pavement, it would appear. So it doesn't follow the natural line. Is, is that a mistake or is it because it looks very tight? Uh, and I just wondered if, if that actual that small area of pavement was theirs or whether it was just for design purposes that they've done that? As far as I'm aware, that has always, it was always like that. Um, from the existing to the proposed, you can see that that um, lip that you're talking, you're referring to um, yeah. within the plot was um, previously existing. Uh, prior to the proposal coming through. Um, I think that they're just demonstrating that the parking is screened from the road because they have hedging to right. onto the property. 
Is, is there an issue with providing parking spaces in that way? Because it looks to me uh, like the, the rear parking space, parking space two, you wouldn't be able to get out of that without moving the vehicle in parking space one. I think um, as it's existing, it, it would be difficult for us to assess that the parking is isn't appropriate. Within the existing access um, on the block plan that you can see, uh, there is the parking space there as well in front of the... Um, okay. um, um, sorry, you can park within the driveway and I think the photograph demonstrates that the residents are using that um, area in front of the garage as a parking space as well. So, yeah. All right, thanks. I, I must say, Chair, that I, I, I sort of tend to support uh, Councillor Jones in terms of it does seem to be overbearing on neighbours and it does seem as though it's a rather large extension given the street scene. But um, as someone's pointed out already, there doesn't appear to be any objection from the neighbours, which does surprise me. Uh, but if they've been given opportunity and not objected, then uh, we can't take that into account. No, that's right. Um, okay, there is no other speakers. Now, um, I am going to make a proposal here because um, nobody's put forward that they're putting forward to um, accept this. So I am, um, if I don't get a second, do not second this if you do not think I am reading this to defer because Mr. Brown, um, we are getting close to being able to go out, are we not? Yes, we are. We are. Thank <laughs> you very much. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> um, so I am wondering if we could defer, because as we know, when we go to other places, we have quite frequently gone, oh, get what they're talking about, and then gone back and gone, Absolutely. Let's run with it. Um, so I am proposing that we defer this. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not looking worried. I'm just I'm just saying this is I, I just I want to I want to I want to support you in terms of where you're going rather yeah. before it gets formally proposed, um, oh, because the issue is we are getting very close um, to having to go on site. There was one case, for instance, that was going to come to this meeting, but the member calling it in specifically requested a site visit. That's left it open now. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Right. But okay. it is some member, and therefore we weren't going to bring it to this meeting because that's disrespecting. And we agree with the member that they probably members will have to visit the site. This is always the case when you, I mean, it's the same silly. You can approve 440 houses without visiting the site because it's fields and people know the environments. But when you're dealing with a householder application, it has been called in an appropriate way for the right reasons and it's very difficult to assess a household application. You can do it, but especially if you've got the local member who's, okay, speaking on behalf of the town council, well, that, that's immaterial. But he is speaking on behalf and has issues, has concerns regarding both the street scene in it. I know I agree with the officer's recommendation for approval, but yeah. it is difficult for members to make that assessment without visiting the site. So this could be the, the, the yeah. issue where we are. There's absolutely no reflection on you, Mr. Manuel absolutely no reflection at all mm. it's purely because it is very difficult with pictures as you can imagine with images to actually get the idea 
to see it in situ. So I am proposing that we defer this um, decision. Does that have a second? Councillor Lemon, you've got your hand up. I, will, I, I agree with you, um, Chair, and I uh, second your proposal. So it's a deferral for a site visit? Deferral for a site visit, yes. Deferral for a site visit. Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. Therefore, um, the proposal has been put up by the Chair and seconded by Councillor Lemon. So all those in favour of, favour? <laughs> favour of deferring, um, could you please vote itself? So over to you, um, Ms Smith. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Councillor Caton? Oh. Councillor Fairhurst? For. Councillor LeCount? For. Councillor Lemon? For. Councillor Loughlin? If we're going to have a site visit, for. Councillor Merrifield? For. Councillor Pavitt? Sorry, my space bar is temperamental. Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Stora? Four. Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you. That's a unanimous decision to defer pending a site visit. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, Alishba. Um, well done, and, and as I say, it's not, definitely nothing to do with your presentation of it. It was, it was very Thank you very much. While we're <laughs> swapping people around, yeah. um, old speakers going out and new speakers coming in, we need to work out the mechanics of those of those cyclists. It was going to happen at some point. You're not all going to be bunged on a coach, put it that way. So we're no. going to have to work out the mechanics of that. So what I suggest we do is maybe me, the chair and the vice chair have a chat in terms of how we actually manage that and we have to risk assess it but we will do it it shouldn't be containing you from going out so so we need to be doing that in, a, in a, an appropriately managed way thank you very much thanks everybody thanks for that <clears throat> okay so we'll let everybody other people leave and bring the other um people in and we are missing and um, we're actually going on to what is on the agenda as agenda item eight because as we know the Agenda item seven was withdrawn today. So um, I will just read out, just wait until the other um, guests are coming in. Because they're coming in now, Chair. Sandy, just as a point of order on the skipping item seven, can I ask Nigel a question? Uh, it depends, really, what. what's but I understand that the, the reason I ask is whether I'll answer is the question. <laughs> no, that's fine, and, and uh, there's no obligation. Basically, it's my uh, it was curiosity. You said that uh, something came up causing you to uh, uh, to hold it or, or withdraw it from the agenda. I just wondered what the reason was. Part the, yeah, part of the proposal included the allotments, which we do need to manage properly, and that was an issue that, that may cause me concern. No fault of the no fault of Clive, I should add. But it was something that we need to manage that one properly, and so it is better to take it away, and we'll come back. That will come back at the next meeting. Thank, thank you very much, Chair and Nigel. Thank you. <coughs> oh, oh yeah, we've got everybody else in now. Are we going to do these together or separately, Nigel? I suggest Clive does his 
well, if it's all right with Clive, I suggest Clive does his presentation, just one presentation. And if the speakers, it's up to the speakers, they would both be given five minutes each. So they've got the opportunity of a, say, having 10 minutes each, unless they specifically want to talk to each individual item separately. But I suggest we double them up. But when you make, when you make a determination in terms of voting, you do have to do that separately. So I suggest we do double them up. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, thank you. So UTT 193124, Brookend Farms, Stables, Eastern Lodge, Park Road, Little Eastern. Um, and the, the officer is Mr. Clive Theobald. And the other one is UTT 193125, listed building, same Brookend Farm Stables. And again, Mr. Clive Theobald. So, um, Mr. Theobald, over to you. I think we might have lost you, Clive. I think we've lost you. Have you unmuted yourself? Because we see it, we're seeing the presentation, but not hearing anything. No. No, it's showing up as muted, Sandy. So right. you okay. need to come off of mute. Yeah. Clive. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Sorry about that. Uh, many apologies. Okay. <laughs> Easy enough done. Yeah. So do you want to go back? Okay. So you can hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Uh, yes, the, this full application relates to the demolition of existing outbuildings and the conversion and extensions to an existing large stable complex to form nine dwellings with associated parking area and amenity space. Now, uh, members will have seen the slideshow on Chairman's briefing, so I shan't uh, be too long on these, but uh, this gives an aerial view of the complex, which is here um, in relation to um, the uh, gardens of Eastern Lodge, which are here. And uh, there's a small cluster of dwellings here. And this is an existing uh, commercial complex, essentially the, the leftovers of the, uh, the airfield uh, in World War II. Um, a public footpath extends off um, uh, Park Road, which leads on to um, uh, Broxton. Uh, this is a close-up of the stable complex. Um, you can see there is an existing... Um, uh, horse walker here. Um, this is Brook Farm House, which is the Grade Two listed building. Um, and coming off here, spurring off here, is a, a public footpath, which is subject to a public footpath diversion order, which I understand um, will be successful um, in terms of its diversion, which is currently for the definitive map coming along here just, just um, be, uh, before the end of this 
um, return wing, and then going up here. And uh, the diversion order would be uh, sending uh, um, people along here, which is, in fact, the public footpath on the ground. So at, at the current uh, time, there is no obstruction to this public footpath. It's simply that the um, uh, um, definitive footpath is out of uh, kilter with what's on the ground. Uh, this is uh, Brookend Farm Stables. Um, now, quite an impressive complex, as you can see. And uh, this forms part of the Countess of Warwick um, historical estate. And in the middle here is Stables House, which is an existing uh, residential unit uh, run in association with the Stables. Um, on the right-hand side here is Groom's Cottage, and that is um, also in relation to the, the livery yard. And over here, uh, there is a um, single-bedroom studio uh, apartment with tack room below. And obviously, in the front, you've got this large amenity area. So this is looking uh, northwest across, and uh, really nothing else to describe. Um, it should be noted that uh, this, I think, late uh, Victorian, early 20th century construction has these louvered um, air vents on the roof. Um, these will be retained as part of any um, application proposal were permission to be granted. Uh, this is the horse walker, just looking in the other direction um, towards uh, the existing groom's cottage. And this is a, a view looking east. As you can see, uh, this is showing the context of the um, uh, traditional stable range with uh, Brook Farm House. And you can see some attendant uh, vehicles in association with the delivery uh, yard. Um, I would point out, uh, members, that uh, these site photos were taken when this was uh, an active livery yard, and uh, it is now a vacant uh, yard premises. Uh, traditional brick construction with uh, a tiled roof. Looking the other way, um, you can see there is quite a, a dense tree belt to the rear of the, the site which helps to screen and uh, put the site into context. Now, this is a view looking down uh, northeast to the rear of the stable complex range. Um, you can see there is an existing, um, rather uninspiring, corrugated lean-to there. Um, that will be removed as part of the proposal. And that's looking the other way, um, up the site. Um, and similarly, this is on the uh, northwest return wing. You can see there's another lean-to structure. That would also be removed. And you can see the detailing um, of uh, the, the, the historic structure in terms of windows and uh, doors. Most of these will be retained as part of the proposal. Uh, just another view closer to, to Groom's Cottage. And this is on the other side, on the, the northeast side of the other return wing. 
um, similarly showing um, uh, various uh, things. And again, existing structures would be removed um, together with attendant uh, containers and so forth. Um, now, this is just for uh, reference purposes, but also to do with the list of building application. Um, this is the 1920s series Ordnance Survey map, um, and this is extracted from the applicant's details. And you can see here that the um, historical form of the stable complex with the stables house in the middle um, relative to Brook Farm House is as it can be seen on site today with the access coming in here and the secondary access there. This is the uh, relative location of Brookend Stables to Little Eastern. Um, this is Mill End, the main uh, road through uh, the settlement. Uh, this is Park Road as it extends all the way up to uh, Little Eastern Church. And then it continues on, returns back that way to um, uh, Great Eastern, and, and it extends along here, past the gardens of Eastern Lodge here, and then you've got the airfield here, the old airfield with the attendant commercial uh, buildings, and this is Brookend uh, Farm Stables here, with this public footpath extending along, as I said. Uh, this is showing the proposal. There is a blow-up uh, uh, drawing for this. This is just to show the context of the site. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the blue line is supposed to denote in terms of ownership, but uh, the red line is the site. Um, uh, this is the existing stables elevations, as you've seen in the photographs. Um, this is in uh, the slides to show uh, the, the, the extent of the existing uh, traditional window range and, and doors. Uh, that's the front elevation. And uh, this is to the rear. And that's uh, showing the existing ground floor um, of the, uh, the stable range. Um, I believe there are 21 stables in total, might be 22, but certainly 21. And as you can see, uh, they are what they are. So we come on to the planning proposal, and the proposed scheme would introduce uh, small extensions to the existing stable building for four of the residential units, and these would be namely plots one here, plot four there, plot six, and plot nine, where you can see that uh, there would be two additional uh, nibs of extension work to the front of the return arms, and then these two would be replicated either side of stable house with the uh, existing buildings in darker grey to be removed. Um, it should be noted, I should say, that, the, that two of the new residential units to be formed would be created by way of refurbishment out of the two existing units of residential accommodation already existing in the complex. Um, that being uh, plot five here, which is currently Staples House, and plot eight, which is currently Groom's Cottage. Um, the accommodation schedule for the proposed conversion is set out at paragraph 
3.4 of my committee report, where it will be noted that all of the dwellings would be two-bedroomed residential units, with the exception of plots two and eight, which are those two again here on the corner, which will be three-bedroomed units. Um, all of the, the dwellings would have separate residential um, garden amenity spaces, as you can see, which would all comply with uh, residential minimum garden standards for either two or three bedroom units. And there would also be this larger communal amenity area to the front, which is currently the paddock, which will be retained by the proposal. Um, if I just go back to there, um, with the previous withdrawn scheme, there was to be the proposed resident parking area to the front of the stable complex here. But uh, following negotiations, um, it was considered that it would be better for the context of both the stable building itself um, and also Brook Farm House <coughs> for, the, for the, the car parking to be set to the side here where you've got the existing horse walker here. Uh, the parking provision per unit um, it all complies with regard to the parking standards. Um, and also, you can just pick out here, one, two, three. These are visitor parking spaces, um, which would be compliant with the ratio of the number of dwellings. And there would also be additional visitor parking here if required. Uh, vehicle access to the site would be retained by the main access here and the secondary access here. Um, just to run th uh, through the rest of the slides, um, th these are the proposed elevations. And this is the elevation on the southwest section of the existing stable complex. So you're looking in cross profile from the front uh, down towards the um, uh, existing studio apartment across to the middle, which is Stables House. And you can see these on the return wings and on the rear elevation, again, from uh, the corner to Stables House. And the extensions will be in uh, contemporary uh, flat-roofed seamed decking style, where it's considered that to have a more vernacular approach would actually detract from the, uh, the, 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 in, the uh, uh, integral value of this existing non-heritage, not so non-designated heritage asset. Um, and uh, you can also see that uh, most, if not all, of the existing windows and doors would be retained as part of the new proposal. Uh, there would be matching brickwork for the extensions and matching tiles. And this simply replicates onto the other side of the uh, stable complex from Stables House to the existing groom's uh, uh, groom cottage. And um, say so everything is replicated in terms of what you see from the previous slide. And this is showing the uh, typical um, extension detail, as I said, um, where there would be glazing to, uh, to show the existing brickwork of the external shell 
of the building to be retained. And that's just showing a, a cross profile of the existing building with the <coughs> contemporary extension where you can see that the eaves will be dropped from the eaves of the existing um, uh, uh, stable range to provide um, articulation in terms of design. And uh, this is showing the floor plans, as I said, um, all two bed apart from two three bedders um, with the extensions shown. And obviously that replicates on that side as well. So to go to the uh, planning merits, um, a detailed supporting case for the conversion of the stables is set out in the committee report including an assessment of potential reuses of Brookend stables, which includes a viability appraisal of alternative uses, and a heritage statement whereby the assessment of potential reuses concludes that the most appropriate and viable reuse of the building will be its conversion to residential use, whereby it is stated that this use would be the only means by paying for the repairs required to be carried out to the building as recommended in the submitted structural report in order to secure its physical health in the long term and generating a financial feasible return for its conversion moving forward. Um, I should add that um, there was a preliminary inquiry made in 2018 for uh, a previous 11 unit proposal where the, the principle of its conversion was considered um, acceptable, uh, subject to the applicant demonstrating that no alternative uses could be found for the building and the extent of works being agreed through appropriate design submission. So the, the current application, through the, the evidential documents on alternative uses, has complied with that request. It should be noted that the council has received a detailed a letter from the last livery tenants of the stables in January 2019. Uh, now, this isn't um, forming part of the report, um, who stated that they had been considering alternative livery premises for some time, which had more modern equestrian facilities at Brookend Stables. Um, sorry, as Brookend Stables was not considered suitable for modern equestrian use, and that the amount of investment required to bring it up to equestrian livery standard did not make the yard viable in the long term for them. And I, I do have the letter to hand. Consultation responses have been received from Essex County Council Place Services Ecology and also Essex County Council Place Services Heritage whereby Ecology have not raised any Ecology objections to the building conversion works, subject to securing biodiversity and bioenhancement measures, and also a BAT license by way of conditions. Place Services Heritage have raised a heritage objection to this conversion proposal, as set out in the report, where it will be seen at paragraph 9.1, that they do not have an objection to the principle of the residential conversion of these stables if this use can be soundly tested to be the optimum viable use of this heritage asset, but find that the submission, 
the subdivision of the building to be excessive by the number of dwellings which will be formed by the conversion. Although are pleased to see that the resident parking area would now be formed to the side of the building as opposed to the front as previously discussed. A detailed letter of objection to the proposal has been received from Little Eastern Parish Council objecting to the principle of the conversion of this uh, traditional stable complex um, and also uh, with regard to uh, various um, methodology used by the applicant for arriving at the conclusion that residential use is the only viable option, whereby an updated objection uh, as a subrep has since been received dated the 19th of August. Now, the planning merits of the principle of this large redundant stable building conversion situated at this rural location, comprising previously developed land but situated beyond development limits for Little Eastern, have been carefully considered by officers against sustainability criteria, suitable rural building conversion, access considerations, design and layout, including parking standards, heritage implications, housing mix, and ecology impacts, taking into consideration the consultation comments. It is considered on balance when assessing the identified benefits of the proposal against any adverse effects which may arise that the principle of the residential conversion, a minor extension of the stable complex as submitted as this revised scheme from 11 to nine units is acceptable in that it would make an efficient and commercially viable reuse of the vacant building retained as a non-designated heritage asset, thereby securing its optimum future use, whereby residential use has been soundly tested through detailed evidence submission as set out in this report to be the most optimal viable use compared to other alternative uses, including offices and workshop uses where it is considered that the proposal would cause less than substantial harm to the fabric and character of the building and the setting of the adjacent listed farmhouse when assessed against paragraph 196 of the National Planning Policy Framework. No access objections are raised, whilst parking and resident amenity standards will be met for the proposed development. As mentioned, the housing mix would be acceptable at this rural location whilst the conversion works themselves would not have a harmful impact on protected or priority species subject to the conditions as mentioned. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that this application be approved. Thank you very much. We have two speakers. Councillor Reeve, your hand's up. Is that just left over from before? Because... Um, because as, as we said, we weren't putting hands up. Yeah, no, no, that's it now. Yeah. It's gone. No, that's still there, but never mind. I okay. can't get rid of it. Oh, right. Have a go. It's gone. It's gone. Okay, so our first speaker is Mr. Andy, oh, sorry, Councillor Andy Dodsley, um, Chairman of the Little Eastern Parish Council. Councillor Dodsley. Thank you, Chair. Can everybody hear me? Am I unmuted? Yes, yes you are. Okay, thank you. Um, this application 
is based on the premise that the only viable option for the future of the stables is conversion into residential properties. The stables have been owned by the applicant for the last 15 years, so one has to ask how the landlords have allowed the property to fall into such a poor state of disrepair. Although it is worth noting that the Place Services Heritage Assessment on page 176 of your pack states that following their inspection, they do not consider the buildings to be at risk. The fact that the owners are not prepared to spend money on maintaining the stables does not justify turning them into residential accommodation. If the current owners don't want to invest in the stables, they should put them up for sale and sell to someone who does. None of the potential options put forward by Strutt and Parker considered the sale of the property, which is clearly an option for any owner. Local plan policy H6 states that the conversion of rural buildings to dwellings would only be permitted if it can be demonstrated that there is no significant demand for business use. Up until last year, there was a very successful livery business being run out of the stables. The only reason that the tenants left the property was that they were given notice to quit by the owners. How do I know this? I spoke to the previous tenants personally and they confirmed this to be the case. So we now have a situation where tenants have run a successful livery business for 10 years. The owners decide not to renew their lease to create vacant premises and then claim there is no demand for business use of the property. This is clearly a situation manufactured for the purposes of property development, which after all is the owner's core business. It has not been demonstrated that there is no significant demand for business use and therefore the H6 policy test has not been met. Many local residents stabled their horses at Brookend and I would urge you to read some of the many local objections to this application, which testify to the ongoing significant demand for a livery. We would have expected a more robust critique of the re-options document by the planning department, rather than what seems to be an acceptance at face value of the findings of Strutton Parker, who, as you are aware, are the agents of the applicant and manage the estate on their behalf. We disagree with the planning officer's assessment that the site is a sustainable location. The report acknowledges that future occupants would be totally reliant on a car, and we would add that the site is a walk of more than 45 minutes to the nearest bus stop. Does that sound like a sustainable location? Strutton Parker's own reuse assessment finds that the site is unsustainable were it to be used for offices or holiday lets due to it being several miles from the nearest bus stop and not suitable for anyone without a car. How is it that the site is deemed unsustainable for offices and holiday lets, but is somehow sustainable for residential dwellings? It is odd that the council have recently turned down a planning application further down Park Road, around a mile closer to the village, for the reason that the site location is not sustainable. I would ask you to obtain clarification from the planning officer as to what his assessment on page 183 of your PACs that the, and I quote here, the site is in a reasonably sustainable location, but not inherently so, actually means, because it means nothing to me. 
how the site can be a sustainable location given its location, its distance from bus services and its total reliance on the car, and how it is that a site a mile closer to the village and services is recently judged to be unsustainable, but the stable site is deemed to be sustainable. You will be aware that the applicant is also the site proposer for the Eastern Park Garden community, part of the local plan found unsound by the inspectors. Please do not for a minute think that this application is not related. This application introduces the precedent of new development to an area of Park Road that Historic England objected to at the planning inquiry and that the heritage assessment for Eastern Park detailed as an area of high sensitivity to development. You should be very cautious of any precedent you may set by granting approval. This proposal fails on a number of grounds, including sustainability and UDC policy H6 regarding co conversions. The site is unsuitable for use as residential properties and has a future as a working livery. This application should be refused. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Dodsley. Um, we now have Alistair Sherry um, from Strassen Parker. Mr. Sherry. Hi there. Um, I hope you can hear me. Uh, fortunately, the, uh, it doesn't seem I've got permissions to turn my camera on, uh, but hopefully you can all hear me okay. Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, good afternoon, uh, Chair, uh, and good afternoon to the members. Um, my name is Alistair Sherry, uh, and I'm the planning agent. I'll be speaking in favour of this application. Um, as you'll be aware from your officer's report, the full application for the conversion of Brookhead.
to ignore the heritage assessment findings. What's the point of a heritage assessment if the findings are ignored because it reduces the scheme viability for the applicant? We believe that this application should also have triggered the requirement for 40% affordable housing to be provided as part of the scheme. The threshold for affordable housing is sites of 0.5 hectares. The applicant's measurement of the site is 0.497 hectares, just 0.003 of a hectare less than the threshold. The site plan shows that the boundaries have been very carefully drawn to only include the floor plan of the stables and the car park. The paddock in front of the stable block has been excluded from the plan. The paddock area is clearly part of the site, as, as acknowledged by the planning officer in section 11.11, .11, where he said the large grassed area to the front of the complex would be retained as a shared private amenity for residents. It was also part of his introduction today to the site. Inclusion of the paddock gives a site size of 0.9 hectares, which would trigger the requirement for affordable housing. I would ask you to obtain clarification from the planning officer as to whether he still feels that the applicant's site calculation is, quote, a somewhat contrived situation, as he said to the applicant in his pre-application letter. And if not, why not? Given his acknowledgement that the paddock area is part of the site, does he feel that the size of the site has been correctly calculated? And thirdly, why this application does not trigger the requirement for 40% affordable housing. This is a poor application proposal and a poor planning recommendation. It is not in a sustainable location. It fails UDC's local plan policy H6. It ignores heritage advice that the proposal will cause a high level of material harm to the stables and the setting of the grade two listed building. It has no wider benefits such as affordable housing. I am struggling to see good planning reasons why the planning officer is so keen to grant approval. This committee should be too. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Councillor Dodsley. Mr Sherry. Uh, yeah, afternoon again. Um, just to sort of follow on, I think, from my, my previous uh, uh, presentation, um, it was just worth reiterating, I think, uh, following the, the submission of the initial application, uh, the, the liaison and the lengths which we did engage with up to three uh, I think different uh, heritage officers particularly with regards to this scheme, uh, initially liaising with, with uh, pay services on the first scheme, uh, and then I think an interim heritage advisor uh, working for UDC, uh, before finally working with um, uh, Paulette McAllister at, at, at DCC pay services again. Uh, and through that liaison, uh, several changes to the initially proposed design uh, were carried out, which included uh, the maintaining of, of several of the internal walls uh, to further uh, signify the, 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 the site's former use as stables. Uh, as well as the, uh, the retaining of, of things like the, the louvered roof cows uh, and, and the overall sort of layout of the buildings. Um, it's, worth the, it's worth stating that sort of following all of that um, and, where, and where there is the sort of policy um, policy requirement for this is, is I think, in the, the overall conclusion of, of Paulette McAllister's uh, response uh, on heritage grounds, 
uh, which is where he said the principle of development is acceptable in planning terms based on residential being the optimum viable use. And design options should be developed and formed by the heritage context and a submission furnished with the correct and proportionate level of detail. Uh, he said it's an official opinion that the scheme within this application uh, it's a um, just trying to find a reference. Um, while the principle uh, is to be residential can be accepted, it's demonstrated uh, that it should be tested on the optimum viable use. Um, I refer to the viable use in that this is why there's the level of uh, level of units coming forward on this site, uh, and that we have had to make those changes uh, to the design to to allow the site to come forward in a viable way. If it can't come forward in a viable way, then the, um, the, the the funds necessary to carry out the repairs and refurbishments, as set out in the structural survey that was submitted with the application, can cannot also come forward. So where there is the um, where there is uh, income generated through the conversion to residential, that is in turn going to fund the repairs and refurbishment and, and, the, and the longevity of this building, and therefore uh, enhancing the um, the contribution it can make to the to the listed setting. Um, it's worth it's worth also going back to the uh, the conclusions of of, of Macaster, where it signifies that the, the the application should be judged on on the, on the basis of paragraph one nine six of the MPPF, um, which uh, allows that the, um, it, the, the it should weigh the, the harm to the setting against any public benefits the proposal uh, can can bring forward, and and, and as we said in the, in the previous. Uh, presentation. This includes the contribution this makes to uh, to the housing market and also to the uh, to the longevity of, of the listed of the uh, of the buildings in the setting of, of Brookend Farmhouse. Um, I think that's all I've got to say with regards to the uh, to the listed building application. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairman. Be Chairman, before sorry, I because I, I can't put my hand up. Just saying, just saying thank you, yes, Mr. Brown. Just before I want to wrap things up, just before members start debating. First of all, I, I, I will always sorry, defend sorry, my Chair, officer. Sorry, Nigel, can I just interrupt? We're getting a couple of messages that uh, the broadcast is, uh, is is not necessarily going out. Could we just check with um, Adrian that everything is okay at our end, please? It, it is all right at our end. It flipped short slightly, but it's it's been all right for the past five minutes. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay. No, sorry, Chair. Sorry, Chair. I, I hate having to keep that in, but I can't put my hand um, First of all, I will always defend officers, and I don't think it's appropriate that someone should always question why an officer's recommended approval. You've got the absolute right to disagree with that, and you will put in the balance. Uh, but Clive mentioned the word balance quite a many times in his, in, his, in his presentation, and it is very, very finely balanced. How balanced it is another question. Um, is for you to determine. The first issue is much has been made of policy H6, uh, which does require that if you want to convert buildings, um, then you have to go through the you have to go through the alternative use. H6 has been proven not to be compliant with the MPPF. Um, it, it used to be, you know, in the, in the turn of the century, that used to be a policy that was very regularly put in that you had to prove that a business couldn't be used. That a, that, a, that a set of buildings could not be used for, for a commercial use before you allowed it to be used for residential. It is a bit quirky in terms of, you know, whether or not it's a, an origin where people live or, or a destination where people go. It's still a, it's a sustainability discussion in which you need to have. Now, whether or not it's a business use or whether it's a, how that, or whether it's residentials, sustainability is a judgment that members are quite entitled to make. And just because this is a this is quite a large conversion and members are quite entitled 
to make that sustainability uh, discussion in the, in the way. The, EM, the, the other in terms of the, because the, there's also alternative viable uses, it's not just about finance, it's about obviously the residential conversion of these buildings is possibly the most intrusive use of these buildings in terms of it. And therefore you need to prove that there aren't, the, the applicant needs to prove there aren't other uses that you could use it for that are still viable that won't necessarily harm. And so, and I'm not going to paraphrase what the ECC place uh, services heritage. You've had lots of comments about read this paragraph, read this paragraph. You've got the whole shooting match in front of you. You can make your own determination of that. And we're happy to pick up questions on that particular issue. On the affordable housing issue, they are just under the requirement for affordable housing in terms of it. I personally find that distasteful, but that's where we are. We are below the requirement for affordable housing, and so therefore we can't request it. So, um, you know, but I, I do agree with the parish that sometimes when you, when you can do that, but unfortunately we can look at it and we can only look at it in terms of the assessment. And uh, when you've got it down to that level, it is below the level that requires affordable housing. So I'll leave it at that, but I, hopefully I've, I've clarified where H6 sits and where we're actually going in terms of, you know, I'll leave it over to you. But the planning committee can make a comment about that. Exactly. And I would like to make a comment that I think that is really sneaky. And that's the, that's, that's the farthest word I'm going to use. Thank you very much. Um, can I indulge everybody? Because I just need to take a comfort break, should we say. So give me two minutes, but thank you very much. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Thank you. Right, you're back up and running. Thank you very much. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So we will go to off um, officers, councillors now. So first is Councillor Lochan. Thank you very much, Councillor Lochan. Thank you very much. Um, well, I'm a bit confused now because we're now told that policy H6 is not compliant with the MPPF, and yet it's quoted in the report, uh, paragraph 11.6. So uh, it would have been nice to know that it's not compliant because the officers seem to be using it themselves. Um, but I, I'm, so I'm a bit muddled here because I'm writing, um, I've been making notes as we've go, been going along. But um, I'm thinking about the financial um, uh, advisors. Well, I've got it written here. Uh, it's supposed to be advertised for six months, isn't it? Uh, the agent is Stratton Parker. Um, the people who did the financial whatever it is, is also um, Stratton Parker. So I'm wondering, do we have any proof that that was advertised for six months? Uh, and did that come in? Because I actually haven't had chance now. I've been trying to find it online while you, um, Mr. Dosley was speaking, but actually I haven't been able to, to find it. So I wish could I have some clarity on that, please? Um, and I, I did. I was going to ask about E2, but I think that's uh, part of the um, Dumbo uh, employment strategy. So I don't think that is relevant here. But if I could have some clarification, please. Um, oh, oh, the financial viability study—that's what it's called. Um, if I could have some clarification on that, I'd be very grateful. Thank you. Is that Clive? Yes. Um, well. First of all, I can confirm because I asked um, Stratton Parker the question um, uh, last night uh, as to confirmation, yes or no, on the advertising under H6, which, as uh, Councillor Lachlan has rightly said, um, we have interpreted for that policy um, in the past to be advertising for six months uh, in the local press and other media to establish whether or not there are any other alternative uses apart from residential use. Um, Stratton Parker have confirmed that no, the, the site was not advertised. Uh, it was not advertised either for the uh, previous livery use or for any alternative B1 office use or for any alternative workshop use. Um, and the reason they've said that is because, firstly, uh, to, to repeat um, what's been said already, that the housing policies in the current local plan are 
out of date when it comes to um, aligning with the, the MPPF. And therefore, we, we have to now look at the sustainability of the scheme rather than in strict isolation to H6. But what Stratton Parker have done is to put in a very detailed um, alternative use um, strategy document, which um, I have explained in the report uh, in terms of the assessment of alternative uses, and that includes um, both uh, B1, um, if you like, like commercial workshops, offices, uh, community uses, um, bed and breakfast accommodation, and also residential use. Now, the way in which it's been um, uh, done is to, to use Stratton Parker's own knowledge um, as obviously est established land agents and their own networks to do with um, the, uh, the need for, um, for example, officers at this location as opposed to in more of the town centres. And they've concluded that on office use, uh, there would be no demand for office use of this building in terms of location because of its um, distance away from uh, the main settlements, uh, for example, Great Dunmo. Um, similarly, for workshops, where uh, they've also said that workshops do clearly have a potential noise and disturbance element associated with them, and because of its juxtaposition to Brook Farm House, um, then there could be issues to do with noise and disturbance to residents. Community uses are not a viable consideration there for hopefully obvious reasons. Uh, the only other alternative use which was shown uh, to be nearer to, to residential, and that is um, also based upon what the, the applicant was saying uh, in terms of the um, the way in which this building could be uh, secured um, physically for the future in terms of the identified works that need to take place. Now, I've been to the site. Um, it does have extensive areas of damp rot and other structural failures, although certainly it is not the building at risk, as is said by place services, although the structural report has shown what needs to be done in terms of essentially a schedule of works to bring this um, building up to a, a standard whereby it could be maintained as a, a non-designated heritage asset. Now, they've based it um, a lot on um, gross returns in terms of what they would get back uh, for those uses. Um, so I don't want to particularly uh, bore you with the figures, but what I can say is that on the uh, the summary document which I've got on the assessment of potential reuses of Brook Farm stables. Um, to retain as an equine use, um, they've said that it would be notoriously difficult to find good quality and reliable livery tenants. Now, I fully accept as the planning officer that when I was there, it was an active livery yard, um, and that is um, borne out also by the site photographs can't hide that. Um, in terms of the uh, previous tenants, the last tenants, as I said in my um, report, 
Um, I have a letter from those tenants who said that they were wanting to stay at the livery yard, but because they... Um, They were not approached by anyone with regard to any alternative uses. I've got this letter and it was sent to me um, uh, or resent to me yesterday. Um, and in terms of gross return on investment, and I know we're not uh, dealing with uh, necessarily that side of things, but I think given where we are with this particular application and given what the applicant has said with regard to what would be the most financially viable use, um, what has been said is that uh, to retain as an equine use uh, would be a 1.6% gross return on investment. Conversion to B1 offices, bearing in mind its location, would be 3.3% gross return on investment. Uh, conversion to self-catered holiday accommodation, which obviously in itself would require a certain amount of uh, division of internal petitions to make those uh, self-contained uh, catering units would return a gross return on investment of 3.1%. And then lastly, the conversion to, um, to residential, to nine residential dwellings as proposed, uh, would be a um, return on investment of 4.9%. So they conclude in this particular report that this summary concludes that conversion of the stables to nine residential units is the most viable reuse of farm stables. It is the only option that provides a gross return on investment that is close enough to 5% to warrant its viability um, and to deal with the repairs that need to be carried out. So um, even though it hasn't been advertised, um, and maybe it is a moot point whether they should have advertised simply for another livery yard to see what uh, responses they, they, they got, and that's for members to decide on this policy 8.6. In terms of other uses, um, it is clear from their own evidence that uh, the most viable use of this now vacant stable premises, where obviously as a local authority we cannot, we cannot um, if you like, coerce it back into a livery yard. It is what it is now with the landlord and uh, uh, vacant possession. Um, therefore, on that basis, I have to conclude that the most viable use is residential. You'd like to come back, Councillor Lachlan, after your, your question. No, take your, you're on mute. You're on mute. Am I okay now? Yep. Well, I'm looking at my local plan, okay? Which is all I have to go by. Uh, because that's where all our policies are. Um, and the NPCF, remember? And well, I was just going to come to that because we're told that age six is not any longer compliant with um, the NPPF, which I have now written in my local plan. But um, Mr. Theobald has now just said about policy age six. So uh, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Um, can you please ask that if a policy changes, uh, well, we are not planning officers, so all we have to rely on is our local plan, unless Planning officers tell us that something has changed. We won't know. So uh, yeah, I suspect that other members here have been looking at their local plan and they've been looking at policy H6 as well, particularly as it's in the um, report. 
So now I'm told I've got to disregard it because it's not compliant with the MPF. So that's kind of blown my argument out of the window. So all I'm asking is please, we could be informed if something changes so material uh, as a policy like um, policy H6. Um, regarding the advertising, um, I don't know whether that's compliant with H6 or not now, because I don't know if H6 is compliant. So, um, but I, I am rather concerned that the agent is um, also the person that did the uh, financial viability study. Perhaps I'm being cynical, um, but uh, anyway, I just wanted to make that point. Thank you. Can I? Can I slightly? Um, yeah, can I just sort of un? I think Councillor Lockland's. I must admit, Councillor Lockland, when you said that, I went. Oh. But then I thought to myself, read, having read the report, first of all, you are right. You can't disregard H6 and then have a discussion about H6 and say it complies with H6. You can't have it both ways. So I, I get that. Um, so, so the issue is H6 is not what should have happened is, first of all, H6 doesn't actually say you have to advertise. It just has to say that you have to demonstrate there's not an alternative use. So and I don't think that's what you're saying. So what should have technically happened is, it might be to have an H6 discussion and possibly say whether it complies or doesn't comply with H6 and then have a commentary about where H6 sits in terms of its compliance with the MPPF. Now, obviously, we all know chapter and verse set S7's compliance with the MPPF because it comes up every single planning committee. It hasn't come up yet, but I'm, I've got a feeling it might come up now. But the S7 is, is compliance with the MPPF, is money for a rope. We, we just know how that runs. H6 comes up seldomly, if ever. So therefore, I sketch your point, and I fully accept that. We should have both how it fits, how it's compliant with the MPPF, and secondly, whether it complies or not. Because sometimes they comply, and it doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't comply, and it still doesn't matter. Well, it still matters, but it just means that particular policy. Because you're right. The only two things you've got to go on is the local plan, when you're looking at this site, the local plan, and the committee report. That's the only thing you've got to go on. So I, I get your point. I actually fully get your point. I won't leave it at that. I will leave it at that, though, just to to give you some, and we will try to do, we will do that moving forward. Could I, uh, yes, and uh, Nigel, Chair, if I could just add to that, and also back to you, Councillor Lachlan, regarding policy H6, as Nigel says, the actual wording of policy H6 doesn't say that you have to advertise, it simply says you have to get the applicant to justify through the submission that there are no alternative uses. And I have to say, um, to be honest, um, this is a really rigorous um, attempt by Stratton Parker to show that, and I believe they've done that successfully. And then when you look at the other um, uh, requirements of policy 8.6, including the bottom bit, um, I have actually gone through the various A, B, C, D, E, and the bit at the bottom um, to actually then use policy 8.6 to see whether it would comply with the individual components of policy 8.6. And I, I personally think uh, that they do. Um, if you therefore take out A, because we just discussed that, that there is um, no significant demand for other alternative uses. Um, the building is in a, a sound structural condition. It's not going to fall down tomorrow. It's not a building at risk. Um, but there are certainly defects with it physically, uh, which I have seen, which have been borne out by the, uh, the independent structural report, um, Eddie Parsley Associates. Um, certainly, its historic, traditional or vernacular form does enhance the character and appearance of the rural area. There is no question about that. It is a, you know, a gem of a stable complex on this uh, uh, Countess of Warwick estate, I think, still. Um, the conversion works respect to conserve the characteristics of the building. 
that is where obviously this debate lies for the, the listed building um, application, but also for this planning application. Um, I have, as Nigel has said many times, I've lived and breathed this particular application scheme. Um, when it was first the 11 unit scheme, um, when it came in by the same applicant, and I actually said to the applicant, no, that is too much in terms of the additional footprint over and above the, the shell of the existing building. Um, they listened to that. Um, we had previous um, place services advice then, um, and that bore that out. So they went back and came back in with now what is a revised scheme, which has removed uh, two of the larger extensions. Clive, um, I think we do need to allow members to debate this. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yep. It is, Mr. Sherry's had 10 minutes to sell his scheme. It is not for us to sell this scheme to yes. members of the committee. I accept. Sorry, I'm need to stop Thank you there. No, I accept that. <laughs> sorry, I was reading some, I was sort of reading something on the side there. So if I may, can I just make a point? Councillor Fairhurst, I will come to you next, then Councillor Lemon, then Pavitt, and onwards down the list. Um, given the fact that we know we're probably, well, no, we're not probably, we are going to go into a recession, there's going to be unemployment. The self-catering aspect of this and 3.1% return on, um, in, given that we're in a rural area and employment is, it would, it would have actually brought employment into the into the local area as well. So there would have been, although a return of only, of what they say, only 3.1% as opposed to 4.9, it would have actually given something back into the local community for employment. So that would have actually been a positive in my eyes as well. So they would have got a return on their investment. Um, and it would have put something, as I say, back into the local community. But going to Councillor Fairhurst now. Thank you, Madam Chairman. It's been a very interesting debate so far. Hope I don't ruin it. But I think it's a delightfully quaint and clever concept. I can drive along this rustic road to my bu bucolic theme park um, um, typed two bedroom house. I can park what was once a lunging ring around the back so it's discreet. And I can pretend that I'm in the old days on the count of War counties, Warwick's, whatever it is, estate. Very nice. And in fact, if we were dealing with a redundant or derelict brownfield site, I'd say that's a really clever idea. Let's bring Disney to the countryside. But it isn't. It simply wasn't. This, from all the evidence, was an operating stable. It was a stable with some history. I'm not gonna, I don't know the context, I can't, so I can't tell you. There was an operating organization and the landlord said, here's the thing, chum. We can repair it as good landlords do. We can sell it and take a loss, or we can transform it and make four more percent ROI. That really isn't our business. Our business isn't here to make a profit for anybody in that particular case. Our business say, what are we dealing with? Dealing with a natural built heritage site. Whether it is, I'm told it's, it's non-designated or not, it is quite clearly a unity with the listed building next door. And I must tell you, the photographs I've now seen were very, very beautiful. It looked like a stable should look. And I'd very much like to take my daughter riding in the stable here with my little Land Rover without even living there. But instead, we're going to say, no, let's forget about this process. Let's turn it into a sustainable dwelling. 
So then let's turn to place services who we hope are more informed than we are about this thing. Their breeding does not make good breeding at all. They're not saying rush out and build a skyscraper. They're saying, this is actually rather a nice site. And if there's no other use, please be careful how you change it. This doesn't smack of someone who's recklessly abandoning the, the concept of stables automatically. They're saying this is a, a rather nice and special place. I've never seen a beautiful stable like that before. And I think this is something we should nurture and look after. And as far as the conservation office is concerned, they are very, very clear that this is a conservation science um, a unit and should be looked at as best possible. I don't think we have to say to ourselves that no option is going to build residential. I'm not convinced of that. I don't think we can take into consideration a letter that is held somewhere that says that the previous tenant thought it was redundant looking up because it's not in my report. So I can't factor that into my equation. But as far as I'm concerned, the next question is, is it, is it sustainable if it were a residential complex? And I'm convinced that the distance from any amenities would render that a question no. So I'm inclined at this point to say, no, I don't believe this at all, but I'll wait for the rest to comment on that process. Thank you, Councillor. <coughs> sorry, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Pav, no, sorry, Councillor Lemon. I'm jumping a name there, Councillor Lemon, then Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, thank you, Chair. Um, yes, it's always important not to lose employment um, opportunities particularly in the rural uh, countryside, and even more so with the pandemic, it's really increasing that uh, urgency. <coughs> um, so can somebody tell me how many people were employed in these stables, especially as we hear from the planning officer that it was a, a, a vibrant, active uh, stable. So I'd like to know that. Um, I also note it's outside the development limits. Um, to my mind, certainly it is not sustainable. Um, definitely it isn't sustainable. And I have, I have some doubts in my mind over the 40% affordable. I listened to, the, um, to, to what Nigel said, but I just have a feeling that um, it's not quite right. I think it, perhaps we should have we should insist on 40% affordable if, if we're going for But I'm not happy at the moment with um, this application. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, while I was listening to the officer's presentation um, and, and putting out of my mind what I'd seen in the briefing earlier, it struck me that very often um, conversion to to, to uh, accommodation to, to housing for these kinds of structures is a good thing. It's the only way of ensuring that they, they are maintained properly uh, into the long term. However, this one seems like a very contrived exercise. It really does. Um, you know, suddenly we've got what was a viable stable, everybody's given notice and suddenly it's no longer viable. Of course not, if you're not allowing anybody to occupy it and run a business there. Um, it, it, why would we why would we turn a site down closer to um, amenities uh, and then give this one uh, you know a, a sustainability tick tick box exercise? I don't see that it's not sustainable. Um, and uh, you know if if by some chance this were to get approved, I certainly would argue that there should be absolutely no change to the to the appearance of the building whatsoever. 
So the additions at the two ends, the two little build-ons, should not be allowed. That should be allowed to be retained entirely as you see it. It's a very impressive structure. And it's, it's setting its location on the edge of the, the, the Warwick estate. It's very important. It's, we all talk context here very often. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, at this moment in time, Mr. Brown, I can't immediately um, elucidate on what basis I am going to suggest that this is turned out. I'll, I'll work through, through that in a minute. But, you know, on face value, I don't see this one works. It doesn't stack up. Thank you very much. Councillor Sutton. Hello. Um, yes, as somebody who lives locally, I know that um, this stable is you has been full to capacity, and that um, you know it, it, the thing about this particular stable is it's in a really good position in terms of there's lots of bridleways and walkway, you know, places to take your horse, and also um, it's a um, it's a safe place. And so that's that's one of the, apart from the fact that it's obviously also forms part of the Council of Warwick historic estate and links to the grade two listed farmhouse and the gardens of Eastern Lodge and all the other things. So it really is, um, you know, set in a, in a place that you would imagine you would like to, to uh, have your horse um, uh, sort of kept, kept there. But the thing with it being a house, if it turns into housing, then you've got 43, you've got to keep remembering that this is a private road that goes all the way down. It, it's it's, it's um, a 45 minute walk, 3.3 km, uh, kilometers in a car to actually get to the end of the road before you can get a bus. And the buses only run probably, I think there was talk of them being actually being stopped at one stage, um, but there's only about four buses a day. And this is in a tiny little, this is in a tiny little part of the village of Little Easton. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense for, for us to give up this for the sake of these houses that are going to be so far back. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'm considering anyway. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Um, can I just ask for some clarification on a couple of points? So section 10.1 in the report refers to a standard objection letter. Could, uh, could Mr. Theobald explain what that really means? Ten one, you say? Yeah, in ten one, if you look at ten one, it says that um, twenty representations received standard objection letter objecting to blocking on public right of way. I don't know what that means. Um, no, nor do I. To be honest, um, I think what I meant what I meant to say there was. Um, Ah, I suggest, yes, I, I suggest it means when you've got a sometimes you when you have yep. a controversial development, you have a round letter robbing letter. It was. Yeah, yes, I can confirm. Doesn't dig, doesn't dismiss the volume no. of people doing it, but it's just right, okay. people haven't just written appended separate letters. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. OK, thanks. I looked at the website and I couldn't find 20 letters of objection from anybody. So I was a bit concerned by that. Yeah. Um, uh, and also the point about uh, Strutt and Parker, it struck me that that's, it's almost a conflict of interest. You've got somebody doing an assessment on the viability of something, uh, and yet they're the agent for the for the owner of the site. That strikes me as a conflict. But I, I looked at the report, so I'll draw you to section 
4.6 and 4.7 of the assessment, uh, which sort of makes interesting reading because it, it, it majors on the fact of policy H6. So it says the proposals that form the subject of this application follow pre-application engagement with planning officers of Uttles to the District Council. The officer's advice was that the reuse and conversion of the stable complex at Brookend Farm would be acceptable in principle subject to the qualifying criteria of BLP policy H6 being met, which I sort of found interesting because we're sort of saying it's no longer relevant. Uh, and the officer went on to confirm in section 4.7, the only perceivable reuses for the subject buildings in this regard would be either business use or tourist accommodation, as it would not be appropriate, in my opinion, for the buildings to be reused either for small scale retail or community use, given its rural location away from the Little Eastern Village Centre. So I think that tells me it's unsustainable. Uh, so I think some clear facts here. So H6 we've debated and it seems to me that the assessment was based largely on H6. Uh, so we have to look at how much weight we give that now, that assessment. Um, the fact that it's clearly in an unsustainable location, it's clearly in the countryside and it's, and it's clear to me that place services have, have called out that we need to think very carefully before approving anything like this in a location like this. And as Councillor Pavitt said, I think it's, um, it's something that ought to be retained in its, in its current state um, and shouldn't be extended in any way as well. So um, I, I think, to me, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to see where the justification is to, pardon the pun, drive a coach and horses through planning to convert this block of stables. This seems to be a particularly historic location and an historic building. And I think uh, when you use the word conservation, you shouldn't use it lightly. It's something that we should take very seriously. And I think as a planning committee, we need to think very carefully about this one. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagmore. Councillor Lecomte. Uh, mine's very simple again. Um, 3.3 kilometres from the bus stop. We turned down another one that was closer. We've got a working stable that is being contrived to make it a non-working st uh, stables. And my my question here is the, I'll ask um, Mr. Theobald, is it the access? Is that an in and out or can you drive in either way? I think it's driving either way. Okay, that's fine. That, 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 even, that even makes me my next point even better. Because also, who owns that piece of paddock in the front, please? I don't know. Because I think that's very important, actually. Um, because once we agree and we approve this, then you're going to have yourself a nice little group there. Because you've just got a nice little in and out both ways and a nice little group of houses in the paddock um i i think i think hard about this before uh looking at the weighted average here i'm not sure i'll come in a minute councillor sutton councillor stora first and then councillor sutton thank you chair it, it seems that quite a lot of the officers report um relied upon policy 86 and then we're told that that doesn't comply with the, the framework and therefore it's not relevant but the starting point remains the development plan. 
which includes 8.6, which has not been superseded. The framework is a consideration, a material consideration, that is all. It's up to us to decide how much weight uh, we give to it, having regard to the extent to which we think it complies with 8.6 or not. And if it came to an inspector might have a different view. So that's a starting point. The policy um, it needs, I think, to tick quite a few boxes to comply with that policy. And I, don't, I get the distinct impression it has not done so. We're also told about the viability of various other potential uses. And there's a great big finger pointing at commercial to, re, uh, to residential because it gives the highest return. Well, are we fussed about that? I'm not personally. Why not a supermarket? That'll give a higher return. Why don't we go with that instead? No, to me, that's not relevant. And I've, unless I'm swayed otherwise, I've, I'm going to have to rely upon the policy and it's down to interpretation of each and every one of us at how much weight we give to that, having regard to what Mr. Brown has already told us about its level of compliance with the framework. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Storer. Councillor Sutton. Uh, just wanted to say to uh, just uh, answer two questions. There were six, I think there were about six staff um, employed last time at the stable, plus weekend staff. And the land around the stables and the stables and everywhere around it is owned by Landsec. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Can I just, before, before Councillor Lemon picks the matter up, can I just confirm what I was saying about policy H6? The discussion that we're having with Councillor Lachlan on policy H6 was on the needing to market it or, or try to demonstrate there wasn't any alternative. <coughs> a, which is not compliant with the MPPF, we don't have to prove before you convert a building. It doesn't mean that B, they have to be structurally sound. C, the historic traditional vernacular form enhances the character and appearance of the area. D, the commercial works respect to conserve the characteristics of the building, and E, private garden areas can be provided unobstructedly. That is still very much compliant with the MPPF. The, the discussions we're having regarding, so it's partially compliant with the MPPF, and it's the issue about alternative uses, specifically on H6, which was the issue. Just to comply that you can still use H6 if you've got concerns about the quality of the conversion. You just, you just, it's just the alternative use issue. Thank you for that clarification, Nigel. Thank you very much. Councillor Lemon. Yes, thank you, Chair, again. Um, Councillor Sutton has actually answered my question, which was going to be, nobody has yet told me how many people employed. And if six people are employed there, that's quite a substantial number in a rural area, and it does sway me quite a, a lot. But it is quite important that we don't lose employment sites. Okay, thank you. Um, it now can you just confirm somebody just nod their head or say Nigel or Clive the piece in the front which is meant to be the communal green area isn't within the curtilage of this application is it uh, that is correct just going to the location plan yeah the location plan also confirms that the the front um, paddock area is not forming part of the application site edged in red. Okay, which is why it's not it's not gone into the fact that it's 
it takes it into the um, affordable housing area. Okay, so they could actually change their minds. If we if we were minded to give them permission, that would take it out. Okay, I think that, again, playing fast and loose with things. Um, anyway, I am going to uh, propose that we um, put this forward for rejection, for, to refuse. Uh, but, I'm happy to capture the discussion yeah, I, in a refusal reason. I was, I was welcome. I was welcome um, because I think I think slightly all confused where we could where we where we go with this one. Okay. I think members, to be honest with you, got. I do respect the issue regarding the employment news, but I think members got caught a bit too much up on that. Although it is an important issue, the first issue is members were talking about sustainability of the situation. So mm -hmm. that is. That is an S7 situation, okay. and we, that's a standard issue. Yeah. I would argue that if this was the mother of all brilliant conversions, which had a cherry on the top conversion, you know, from place services, then sustainability wouldn't come into it. It would be an exceptional conversion of the dwelling for its historic heritage. This certainly isn't the case here because we still have concerns from the from, um, from the the place services have given you a way in here. Place services said the conversion causes less than substantial harm to the listed building, and therefore you, the public interest does overrule the, the their objections. So you can use EMV2 listed building impact on the listed building, and and use that. You can use H6 because H6 runs along couples along with it because H6 says it's the sound. We're not arguing the buildings are not in sound condition. We're not trying to. They're not trying to convert a, a fence post or, or one wall or whatever. It's, it's that they're at, the building is substantial. The members, similarly, because this is a listed building or cursory listed building, you've still got conditions and um, parts, criteria C yeah. and criteria D, which runs alongside it. So you can actually say condition S7 about sustainability and condition H6 specifically on C and D, if that's your view. As well as EMV2. So that's specifically on the planning application for the conversion. You don't need to worry about alternative uses because it's not necessarily the use is the issue here in terms of what's causing harm. If, if a residential, I mean, and I think that can that can create much more of an industry than is required. Um, you know, because the historic the historic place services response is also say they haven't demonstrated for the heritage discussion that you don't have to intrude on the built fabric as much as they're doing here. So that's gone straight on the list of buildings. So S7, H6 and EMV2, that's two specific conditions that we could, for refusal reasons, that we can knock around that. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. I need a second. Councillor Lemon, you said you'd second that, didn't you? Councillor Lemon? Yes, yeah, yeah. very much. Um, are we going to vote on item eight and then item nine? Separately, or I would suggest you just do item eight first. Yes. Item nine, I suggest, is going to be a little bit easier. Yeah. Okay. So, proposal to refuse this application, proposed by myself, seconded by Councillor Lemon. All those in favour will take that to a vote, please. Thank you very much, Ms. Smith. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, all those. The proposal before you is to refuse this application. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Councillor Caton? For. 
Councillor Fairhurst? Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Lochlin? Sorry, Dina Sweet. Four. Councillor Merrifield? <laughs> Sorry. Four. Sorry. Not laughing at that. Just... Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Stora? Four. And Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you very much. Thank so you. And that's a unanimous decision to refuse. Okay, so listed building one. Now. I just need to confirm that the refusal of this application is probably on. means that you need to refuse a listed building application as well. I would think so, really. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was just and, going to say. Yes. And I would suggest that's just on EMV2. It's, it's, it's just it's inappropriate works to list a building. And place services, they haven't demonstrated the public interest. It's less than substantial harm. That's good enough to go with. Okay, so I might propose that again then. So, propose is Councillor Fairhurst, did you seconding? Yes. Very much. Thank you. So proposed by myself, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst to refuse this application and over to all those in favour of this proposal and over to, to vote. So all over to you, Ms. Smith. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Again, the proposal before the committee is to refuse this application. If I go if I can call the register. Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Councillor Caton. Four. Councillor Fairhurst. Four. Councillor LeCount. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Lochlin. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Stora. Four. Councillor Sutton. Four. Thank you again. Unanimous decision to refuse. Thank you very much, everybody. And we're on to agenda item 10. Thank you very much, Councillor Dodsley and Mr. Terry. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I'll just wait for them to leave. Thank you very much, Mr. Sherry. Councillor Lockham, can you not do that just before I'm about to try and speak? Because you made me laugh. Sweet. sounded like I was um, <laughs> laughing at the vote, and I wasn't. I was laughing at your, you. <clears throat> you know, laughing with you, laughing with you, not at you. Um, if, if um, Madam Chair and members, it would be appreciated that just before I ask you to vote, if anybody could swallow their sweet, please, in future. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try, but it was rather large. <laughs> Okay. Um, new meaning to the term gobstopper, doesn't it? Oh. Okay. Moving on swiftly. UTT 201685 TCA at Brooklyn's Cottages, Cockdoll Lane, Faxted. And it's Mr. Brown. Right. None of this is involving any felling of trees. It's works to trees. 
Um, so this is, first of all, it's a TCA, which is an application to work within a conservation area. Um, the, our response is either to no, not object or to raise it as a TPO. Um, it's a damson tree, two damson trees which sit in the conservation. As a matter of course, we don't tend to preserve damson trees anyway. But what the proposal is to prune it. And so, so it's, it's pretty innocent works and it is considered as, it is acceptable works to, to the tree and it's recommended that we raise no objection, Chairman. Thank you. So apologies for my dog in the background there. Um, right, so, uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Proposed no objection. Right, so, right, so that's proposed. Councillor Pavitt, um seconded. Do we, do we need to take a formal... Hang on, hang on. Matt. So you have to say it. Yes, I know. Yeah, it, sorry. <laughs> say yes, you're seconding that, Councillor Pavitt. Didn't hear you. Yes, I am seconding it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for the purposes of the audio record, Madam Chair, we do have to take a formal vote. Thank you very much. That's what. I, yeah, thank you for answering that question. Um, so, propose that we accept that this this application um, proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Pavitt, and over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Now, can everyone please first of all swallow their sweet? <laughs> right. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Councillor Caden? For. Councillor Fairhurst? For. Councillor LeCount? For. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Lachlan? Four. <coughs> Councillor Merrifield? Four. <coughs> Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Stora? Four. And Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you. Um, unanimous decision not to object. Thank you very much. And item 11 on the agenda, which was the last item for today, um, UTT 201529 TPO at Tyndall's in Carmen Street, Great Chesterford. And it's you, Mr. Brown, again. Thank you, Chair. Again, this is a, this is works to a list to a tree, this time to a TPO tree, but it's works to a tree, not fell into a tree. And it's, uh, crown lifting of seven new trees, a row of new trees. And uh, again, there, there are the row of new trees and the aim is to, to raise the crown of them, which is appropriate management of those trees um, in terms of it. There's, there is residential development as, as people know in that location. So therefore the proposal is to, is to lift the crown um, to, to ongoing manage the trees and the, the tree and the council's tree officer has raised no objection to those works, Chairman. Thank you very yeah, much. Before we go to people putting in a proposal, can I just seek clarification on the process? Um, why has this come to committee? Because it's an applicant. It's the applicant is a previous councillor. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. So, Councillor Pavitt. Can, can I ask clarification? What is raising the crown? You can't raise a tree. Only cut it down. Um, can you clarify, please, Nigel? 
just tops it off. So you're taking the top of the tree off? No, you, yeah, basically you're doing the work at the very top of the tree, you know, to, uh, you're not, you know, so, so, so actually you, it's, it's, it's a bit more intrusive pruning at the crown level, so the trout, so it comes back. It probably looks drastic at the time, but it is ongoing management of a tree okay. um, by doing it to move it forward. Yeah, I, I ask only because I live about 150 yards from the yeah. tree. People are going to ask me what it means, and I don't know what I do now. I do. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Councillor Fairhurst, there you are. Yes, Madam Chairman, I, I'm, I'm keen to propose it, but I would... I would ask if we could, in future reports like this, if we have a small paragraph from the tree officer explaining that this is normal management of the tree. Because I was confused when I saw it as well. Yew trees are really important. And locking the top off never seems to be a very friendly thing to do. But I'll propose um, no objections and proceed from that. I, I will take that away, Councillor Fairhouse, because it would help me as well. <laughs> yeah, because we end up, all having, to go end up all having to Google, yeah. you know? So, proposed can I, can I Can I help here? I've just Googled it and I thought I knew and now I know I know. And that's the, what you're doing is actually you're just removing the lower branches. Mm -hmm. so well, you're no, you're, yeah, um, you're just thinning out yeah. the lower branches and leaving everything else. Yeah. yeah. It's basically making it into a nice shape. Right. Yeah, I think so. It also makes it into a nice shape. I think it also, so it's an ease for walking as well. And I think, yeah, and I think also um, yew trees are poisonous, so it keeps them away from uh, animals chewing them as well, which is why they used to be in churchyards. Yeah. Okay, so we have a proposal, thank you, from Councillor Fairhurst. I don't believe I've got a second. Councillor Lemon, could you just say that again, please? Yes, I second Councillor Fairhurst's proposal. Thank you very much. Sorry, because I didn't hear it very well myself, so I don't know if anybody else did. So thank you. Um, so we have a proposal to accept this application to lift the crown. Now that we know what it all is, now we all know what it is. So um, all those in favour of that proposal, over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Again, everybody, we have a we have a proposal sec duly seconded to agree to the applicant's proposal for these trees. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? For the proposal. Thank you. Councillor Caton? For. Councillor Fairhurst? Councillor McCount? Councillor Lemon? Councillor Laughlin? Councillor Merrifield? Councillor Pavitt? Councillor Reeve? Councillor Stora? Councillor Sutton? Four. Agreed that this work can be carried out unanimously. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, Mr. Brown, perhaps you could enlighten us. Um, are we three-weeking for the next meeting? Yes, the next scheduled meeting is the... I did check with this with Chris yesterday. Uh, the next meeting is the 9th, 9th of September. So we're now going on a three-week cycle um, from then on. I think that, that would... I think it's about right moving forward uh, because... And is there any indication as to... Will it be a whole day? 
Um, it could be another big one. Okay, thank you very much for that. <laughs> Can I just ask, please? I'm going to be well on holiday then. Um, so should I be lining up substitute? Yes, if you could ask, to speak to Councillor Gregory now, that would be good then. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, we uh, we need to talk about the deferment uh, yes. in Dunmow. I'll speak to you on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we will also you also will be hearing from me. Um, in fact, can we close the meeting mm. now? Thank you very much. We've said that. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Closed.